Hey, Willie, my guy, my manager. So happy to see you. Hey, hey, Matt. How's it going? I'm doing great. The Great Wall. I'm doing great. <laughs> the Great Wall is about to hit theaters. I'm doing great. Oh, I'm so excited for that. It's going to be a massive success. There's no way. It's the biggest American Chinese production ever. It's It's got to be a smash hit. It's got to be. Get ready to put another house on your house, Willie. Loving it, loving it. Uh, well, you know, I mean, at this point in time, obviously, it's a blank check for Matt Damon. Anything you want to do, I think pretty much is going to get greenlit. So is there any ideas, any things that you're kind of thinking about that you want to do after yeah. this film? Your boy's got some ideas. Oh, let's hear it. All right. Check it out. You like The Great Wall starring Matt Damon? Love it. What about The Great Pyramids starring Matt Damon? Hmm. Okay. Can I? I play Pharaoh. Oh, wait. Do you want to? Are you talking like a, like a Ramses the second? You know, Joel Edgerton was just Ramses the sure. second. I think that. Sure. You could... Well, I mean, how how many years was that ago? Yeah, it was, that was that long ago. I think you could pull that off. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. They want to. The people want to see another Egypt movie. They want to see it star Matt Damon. We need a twist. So, what if you're Ramses the second, but you're like fighting mummies? You know. Okay. Okay. I'm. I'm interested. I'm. I'm listening. Is there, is there anything else that you can think of? Any other last like? Oh, I got it. Okay. I got it. Yeah. The, the, the Miss Market. Black people, right? Mm. The, the Haitian people, Caribbean people. The Haitian Revolution, starring Matt Damon as who's the guy to Saint to Lorvicher. Uh, yeah, that sounds to right. Saint Lorvicher. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and I'll be him. Oh, wait, oh, wait, 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 wait. wait. It's, it looks like Danny Glover yeah. is trying to make a movie about this guy. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, I mean, you know, let's be honest here. Danny's a little past his his, his time. I think maybe. All due respect. Yeah. All, all due respect. I think He's a legend. We could pitch it to him that, you know, if he really wants to make this movie, you could be this Toussaint figure, and then he could be like you know your translator, like uh, like a you know like a like a lieutenant in your army, you know. Willie, this is why you're my manager. Yeah. This is why you're my manager. You've got the ideas. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, wait, 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 wait. We, but, but, hey, if we do this movie, yeah, I can't do blackface. You want to do matte face? It'll be matte face. Oh, all right. I think we can definitely pull this off, and you know. We could make the French into like I don't know, uh, like Frankenstein's or what's another kind of like werewolves. You know what I mean? Like werewolves. Yeah. Werewolves. Yeah. 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 So something like that. Yeah, I think it'll all work out. All, all of these are great ideas. Let me get on the phone, make some calls. I think we can make this work. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of White People Won't Save You. I am one of your hosts, Jordan Clark. And I'm the other one, Cameron Mason. And we've got we've got a good one because we got the perfect combination. We've got a great guest, and then we've got a movie that's just rife with controversy <laughs> and just wild. We love that. We love that here on this show. Yeah. We love surprises and we love controversy yeah. <laughs> for some reason. 
well, let's let's go ahead and get our guest in here. Um, her debut novel, Disorientation, just dropped a few weeks ago. It's getting rave reviews. Um, the book follows Taiwanese-American PhD student Ingrid Yang as she struggles to complete her dissertation on canonical poet Zhao Wenchao. But her research uncovers an unbelievable secret which threatens to unravel her world in and outside of academia. She also wrote uh, a must-read piece that I, I think... It really encapsulates a lot. Uh, it was for the cut, and it's entitled "What Men's White Men Say in Our Absence." It's a powerful look at the violence, sexual violence carried out against Asian women, uh, and it makes sure to note that's not a recent thing. That's a thing that's been happening in America and just around the world for decades. But it also speaks to just kind of the disturbing and open ways that white men speak about and exoticize Asian women online and just in their own <laughs> private conversations. <Lives. laughs> um, but our guest this week is Elaine Shay Chow. Hello. Thank you so much, Jordan and Cameron. I'm thrilled to be here. <laughs> we're happy to have you. Yeah, we're so happy to have you on. Um, and before we get started, I did want to talk a little bit about the book because it is, yeah. like I said, getting all kinds of rave reviews. So, you know, just congratulations off top for that, because that's got to be a great Thank feeling, you. especially for the debut. Um, Thank you so much. It's it's a lot of love. And at the same time, I'm getting my first hate mail, guys. Oh boy. It's amazing. Oh. It's like I get the hate mail. I get these amazing love letters from like Asian American women. Mm -hmm. And so I try to, I try to focus on those, but That's it's, right. it's very strange. You know what I mean? You can just see like the most horrific message yes. and then you're like, Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, that's how you know you've arrived. Right. There's that. And then it's also just kind of like, you know, you've, you did the right thing. Like you pushed the right buttons. Cause if those mm. people are, are being set off by this, like, Hit dogs holler, you know what I mean? Like it's just not mm -hmm. a right. situation where people misinterpreted what you were trying to do. So I think that you can also count that as a success if you want to. <laughs> oh, I love that. I'm gonna, yeah, that's how I'm gonna think about it. It's like I, I made a wave, right? I yeah. ruffled their their feathers. If they ain't mad, you're not talking. <laughs> oh, <laughs> no? um, well, I, I did want to talk a little bit about something I found interesting mm -hmm. uh, when I was listening to you talk about the book on a couple of different podcasts, and that's that you didn't set out to write a satire initially, like it kind of turned into that. Um, but you also talked about the power of satire and specifically how it allows you to kind of turn the tables on these white men that you've, you know, seen around either in your own personal life or just, you know, in general, online and all these different places and kind of you know, put put a different mirror on them that they're used to seeing of themselves. Um, so I'd be interested to just kind of hear you talk a little bit more about that, about the power of satire and how, you know, mm. that can be a tool specifically for people of color, because I know that's the whole premise of this podcast. Like, you got to laugh sometimes because this shit <laughs> yeah. is wild. <laughs> like you, right. You just or see else how... we just would not get up anymore. Exactly. <laughs> just stay in bed. That's right. Yeah. That's so, right. you know, um, you, you see yourself reflected back to yourself uh, in all these kind of crazy ways. But the ability to kind of turn that back in the other direction. Yes. Uh, what does that feel like? Oh, it was so amazing because I, I would basically imagine I would suffer throughout the day, right? I would have to interact with atrocious white people. <laughs> and often, I mean, even for my own safety, I would have to sometimes hold my tongue mm -hmm. or at my job to, you know, save my job and not get fired. I would have to hold my tongue. And I would just move through the day with rage, just like building rage, right? Of all the things I didn't get to say, um, 
And then when I would finally have a chance to write, it would just come out where, um, yeah, I would enact my revenge. And I feel like <laughs> authors aren't supposed to use that word, but I am trying to rebrand revenge okay. as accountability and, you know, the fight for justice because I'm like, right. Is yeah. I feel like they're similar. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so um, I was trying to get justice for myself the way I didn't have it in real life, but on the page, it was like, instead of me having to be silent and listen to your bullshit, yeah. you know, I could make this character the ridiculous one and ruthlessly mock them. Um, yeah. And they couldn't hurt me. Ha ha. So, <laughs> But yeah, that in it's, itself, that in itself is the power of satire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it was therapeutic for sure. I think to be able to turn the tables completely and just have power, access a level of power I still do not have in the real world. You know, mm -hmm. in the real world, I'm, I'm still afraid and white men still are the ones making decisions about my life. Right. <laughs> and so... Yeah, in fiction, it was just like, <laughs> but, yeah, finally, but then, you know, sadly, we have to go back into the real world. Yeah, um, but I mean, it, it will always exist, you know, in that book. And I think that's, you know, the thing. And it also transfers over when other people get a chance to read it and they could kind of, you know, have that kind of vicarious experience, mm. um, you know, seeing that. So definitely would would advise everybody to pick up the book. Again, it just came out not that long ago, a few weeks ago. So, you know, go to the library, go to the bookstore, go to wherever you get your books. Um, hopefully not Amazon, but, you know, you, you do what you got to do. But, <laughs> do what you got to do. Yeah. Oh, um, thank you. <laughs> well, second question. I did want to touch on this, too, because I really did love the piece that you had for the cut. Again, what white mm -hmm. men say in our absence. And I think, you know, it's it's something that happens a lot, obviously, because people of color, you know, will put stuff out into the world. And it's an unfortunate aspect of, you know, white supremacy and the white gaze. And that I think, I don't know if we've all seen everything everywhere all at once, but like, it's like, it's like the oh. everything bagel, right? Like it's, it just sucks mm. everything into it and it's kind of inescapable. Mm. <laughs> um, and so, you know, yeah, I'm, I'm curious um, just because I'm, I'm making this assumption, but I, I think it's probably correct in that, you know, at some point your essay has made its way into, you know, the kind of, you know, oh, I read an interesting article today, you know, kind of like a water cooler talk or like the co-opted into someone's moral superiority gauntlet or like, uh, you know, just a situation where, you know, white people love that that white guilt self-flagellation of just like, ooh, yeah, I'll take those <laughs> those those licks, those burns mm -hmm. and then just move right. on with my life. You know what I mean? Um, but for people who, who do want to take action, cause I think that's the mm. thing so many times people will read something like this or watch something or, you know, listen to something and consider that the work, like they've done some work, you know, just by consuming something. And then that never transfers over into action. Mm -hmm. Right. So for people who do want to do something, you know, in solidarity to help support, not to step out in front, right. Mm. Not to be like you know, speaking for or like, you know, trying to co-opt conversation, but, you know, who are listening and saying, okay, you know, like, I'm hearing this, you know, this is affecting me and I would like to, you know, do something to help. It doesn't have to be the biggest thing in the world, but just something that is going towards um, making a change. Like, what would you say 
to those people who read the article and say, okay, mm. but now what can I kind of do to, to build on top of that? I love this question. Um, I made a joke that I wasn't even, I'm like, I don't think I'm joking about this, but I was like, every time, for example, a white man opens his mouth and starts a sentence with, well, my Asian wife, I feel he should have to pay a fine that goes directly into a mutual aid fund, like for Asian women. <laughs> I feel, I mean, yeah, I, I would like, I would like tangible resources, you know, I think, because there's so many ways Asian women specifically need help. I think um, the organizations that are helping sex workers, protecting them from not just, you know, clients in general, but from the police, like in Flushing, where a cop um, pushed, uh, I believe she was a Korean, a Korean sex worker to her death from a window and received no surprise, zero, you know, yep. punishment, was yeah, probably promoted, right. right, and is like chief now. So <laughs> uh, yeah, we live in we living under that NYPD watch. Yep. We know what it. We know right. what it is on a regular basis. Uh, so I would love, yeah, I would love some tangible help because I feel like, yeah, white people, like you said, will pat themselves on the shoulder to be like, I felt bad for five minutes today as I read your essay, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I'm like, mm -hmm. give up the goods, give up your money, <laughs> like, <laughs> right? Like, give something away. Um, Put your money where your mouth is for real. If you're gonna do it. Yeah, like yeah. stop moving your mouth, open the wallet. So <laughs> I think that's yeah. one way. And honestly, I don't, in in a lot of ways, I just want them to also leave us alone. Like just <laughs> leave us be like actively in your life. I don't know, stop seeking us out. Like especially men who have a yeah. quote unquote preference or, you know, dehumanizing fetish for Asian women. I think- mm -hmm they need to go to therapy and work out why they do not see us as fully people, but yeah. you know, a set of traits. And I think there are so many white women who propagate the same exact ideas, like Amy Schumer, like she, you know, on Twitter, everyone was talking about how her comments that like the whole, I can never compete with an Asian woman because of this, this, and this, and just like spouts, racist bullshit right and so i would like yeah. yeah white women to also leave us alone keep our names out of their mouths <laughs> <laughs> say it with your chest <laughs> and like actively i don't know i feel like they actively need to either like shut up or just leave us yeah let let us thrive because i would like us to yeah protect each other and thrive with each other and i can't we can't wait for them to change, right? I think that's what history has shown us. We can't wait yeah. for those systems to change and for them to change mm. because they don't want to. They have the power right now. Why the hell would they want to change anything? No. So I'm like, change must come from us. What you guys can do is give mm -hmm. me your money or shut up. <laughs> yep. Well, look, I think that's... <laughs> right? Obviously, that's... <laughs> That's that's everything right there. So you know, right, if you're listening, like <laughs> yeah, uh, you know, hit the PayPal and the Cash App, and then that's right. silence, silence. I think is the actively walk <laughs> away from place. where we are. Go the opposite <laughs> direction. We'll put our Cash Apps in the uh, in the show notes. For this one. <laughs> well, Elaine, uh, 
I came to you with with a couple different mm. choices, but you had one in your heart that you were like, "This movie <laughs> needs to be discussed." What movie was it that you wanted to talk about? This oh, movie? the the one we took the the Great Wall. Yes, yes. yeah, because I guess because it's like because it was it's a big one, like it's a popular one, and mm -hmm. I want I want people to know, yeah, to get eyes on on these issues we're talking about yeah and also it was it's 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 such a ridiculous little movie that made <laughs> no money and i just checked yeah it lost like seven seventy five million. so <laughs> it sure did <laughs> well i mean I, I, this is a question for everybody i did not i had not seen this movie and really had never planned to watch same it, but... this was my first time <laughs> yes <laughs> okay so i guess i guess the question more so then would be because the second that the trailer for this dropped in 2016, Twitter, specifically Asian Americans, were just like, what is this bullshit? Mm -hmm. What's happening here? <laughs> like, instantly, you could see it's Matt Damon defending the Great Wall of China against monsters. Subsequent trailers did not help. <laughs> they didn't, they didn't <laughs> explain things in a better way that made sense. And then obviously there was the posters, which were just a big picture of Matt Damon's <laughs> face. Uh, and then the words, the Great Wall. So um, when when you heard about this movie, Elaine, do you remember just like feelings of like, oh, okay, this is happening? Again. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. No, I remember it well. And just being, first of all, confused. You know, when, you know when you go to a party... <laughs> And it's like a certain crowd, a certain vibe, right? It's it's like the cool people. Mm -hmm. And then you look at the one guy <laughs> who you're like, who invited him? Why why is he here? I felt like that was Matt Damon, where you're just like, why, why are you here? <laughs> who who asked you? <laughs> who told you about this Do part? Doing an accent, no less. Yeah. Doing an accent. A really no bad one that kept going in and out. Did you notice he would just be like straight like American? In like some, it was mostly out. <laughs> and then suddenly yeah. he would try like a really bad. I thought it was Scottish until I looked it up, and I was like, "Oh, he's trying to be Irish." I. <laughs> he's, he's Irish. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a brogue. There's a brogue going on there somehow. Let's. Yeah, I mean, well, well, I'll drop this in here, but even before anything else, you know what I mean? Because yep. that was the thing that confused me the most. I watched the movie. And then I was going back and doing the research and then somebody was bringing up his Irish accent. And I was like, that he was doing, first of all, he was doing an accent. Second of all, like, cause he was talking weird. Like I did notice that, but I was his, like, his voice is like noticeably deeper. Yeah. I just thought he was trying to like be a, be a tough yeah. mercenary type. I didn't <laughs> know that he was doing an accent. Because it was it, it was inconsistent, whatever he was trying to oh, do. Yeah. It wasn't because mm -hmm. sometimes he would just be right. Matt Damon. Um, <laughs> but like that blew my mind when I when I learned that there was supposed to be some kind of mm -hmm. accent going on there. And even why, you know what I mean? Like the purpose of that, I understand. I guess at this time there wouldn't be a quote unquote American accent. And so maybe mm. they told him to do something. But mm -hmm. like uh, he... Has he ever done an accent? I guess that's what I really want to talk about. I can't remember if Matt Damon has oh, ever done an accent know. in a movie. I don't. Wow. Because he's usually just been Matt Damon. Matt Damon, American right? guy. Yeah, like him Matt and Ben Damon Affleck. Is American guy, yeah. number one. He's right. bland, man. Him and he Ben Affleck so have always bland. just been. <laughs> he's not quite Jeremy Renner. He's not quite Jeremy Renner. Jeremy Renner is Or Jeremy Piven. <laughs> uh. Jeremy Piven is also mayonnaise. <laughs> with like... 
He's the man oh. with the olive oil. <laughs> that is perfect. <laughs> okay, so that that definitely threw yeah. me off because I yeah I had yeah. no idea what he yeah. was trying to do with it. That. Seemed lazy. Um, I was like, why did no one on set be oh. like, could could you speak in a consistent accent? <laughs> Just like. Yes. truly let him go off i i felt like he just didn't give a shit and and everyone was like fine with that fine if matt damon says it's okay then i guess it's okay like it yeah. was really weird yeah it's a it's a weird movie cameron do you remember how you felt when you first heard about this movie um yeah kind of that same confusion <laughs> like the same you saw the posters, right? It's literally just Matt Damon and the Great Wall and some mountains behind him. And it's the Great Wall. And I was like, well, was Matt Damon there? Yeah. Was he there? I mean, maybe a white man was like over there was like, ooh and ah, but was he there there? Yeah. Okay. I guess so. And yeah. then I just like lost all interest. Once I saw like there were monsters and I was like, okay, there's, this is a little gone too, too much, far. honestly. Yeah. They've gone too far. <laughs> well, they've gone too far. And like, you get the sense that this was a movie and we're going to talk about in just a second that was conceived mm -hmm. to be, mm. you know, in the vein. It's it's crazy to think because I was I was looking at this. I wanted to see if I could get this right. Just the run of movies that had come out at that time. It was this. It was um, mm. uh, Ghost in the Shell. It was. Oh, yeah. The Iron Fist TV show had just come out. And then I want to say uh, Aloha was like a year before this. Oh, don't forget about Pacific Rim mm. was around this time too. And the Doctor Strange with with Tilda Swinton. Doctor Strange was the one. The yeah, first yeah. Doctor Strange came yeah. out around this time too. So it was a just lot like, of like yeah, nebulous Asian affiliated yeah. culture. Well, it was like, how can we get audiences. Asian culture without Asian people? Seemed to be right. Yeah, <laughs> it was. It was like over and over. We were just watching. Like, well, that could have been a breakout role. Just kidding. Well, maybe next time that could be a breakout Ugh. role. Nope, just nope. kidding. Let's just give it to Emma Stone. And all kinds <laughs> of just weird justifications for it. Um, and yeah. we'll, we'll get into. I know they kept saying we don't have a big enough Asian actress, and I'm like, you wonder why mm. if you if we don't get the chance, like you can't make. A famous Asian actress. It's, if you do not, it's what's cast. sad about it is that it's it's not true. On top of that, yes, right, yeah, because you have yeah, several exactly. that they can translate over to American audiences. Yeah, that too. Yeah, they they just want they came up with so many excuses. You know what was sad as I saw on Facebook. I remember Asian friends like defending, for example, Ghost in the Shell and being mm. like, "That's this is like." in animated movies so not japanese like i'm like the name Ma Ma what is it matoka or, yeah. right it's like just mm -hmm. don't even try mm -hmm. to, to excuse it this japanese right and yeah ah <laughs> oh, oh, it was really you're right it was just a few years in a row where we were just like i guess hollywood truly does not give a shit about offending us mm -hmm. or our humanity because nope. they they just merrily continue on yes. Well, it's it's kind of the same thing that happens in to black stars, honestly. Like, ima imagine the life Lupita Nyong'o could be living if she mm. wasn't black, right? Or Vi Viola, <laughs> or Viola. I mean, but like Viola is different because Viola did TV for like nine years. But yeah, Lupita won an Oscar and immediately became like unhirable, which is incredible. Mm-hmm. After yeah. the performance that no, she gave right. to win it, right? And then she ends up 
uh, in three Star Wars movies for yeah. like a, a total runtime of like six minutes as an animated. Mm-hmm. And she's though. an animated character, and she's like one of the most beautiful humans to walk the yeah. earth. Yep, which is just like, ugh. no, you're right. If if that a white actress like would now be, we would see her on every single magazine cover. She'd be cast in the top, you know, film. She'd be such directors would be chasing after well, her. But you're right. Look at Jennifer yeah. Lawrence. That's exactly what happened with her. <laughs> so that's that's like exactly that what Oscar happened. Was just like all the way up. Through the <laughs> roof, and then she was like, "I don't want to work right now. Yeah, I'm, I'm too busy, too tired." <laughs> well, let's let's talk a little bit about this movie and a little bit about how it came to be, and then Cameron, we'll see if you can get it in five minutes. <laughs> What's weird is this is an hour forty, and I think I could do it. <laughs> yeah, that was the one thing that I was like. Thank God, you know, like this is this something is that could have easily been two hours or more. Yep. And they managed to just get it into that tight hour 40. And I was like, Thank l- God. small <laughs> miracles, you know, small miracles. <laughs> you you got to live by them. You got to live by them. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, a little a little behind the scenes about this movie before we break it down. It did come out in 2016. It is directed by legendary Chinese director Shang Yu. <laughs> Which is crazy when you think about the movies that he's contributed to. You know what I mean? Hero, Hero, House of Flying Daggers, Flying Daggers. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. The Red Lantern, like all these movies that are just like movies. You know what I mean? Like great (laughs) cinema, great cinema. You know, Martin Scorsese would call it cinema. (laughs) You know what I mean? And uh, Martin Scorsese did. What was the movie that he did? That was like the clock. That was like the three D animated. Oh, Hugo. Hugo. Hugo was all right. Like, it wasn't bad. You know, it, it was a turn <laughs> for Martin Scorsese. You're just kind of like, oh, yeah. okay, yeah. that's different. But Didn't know he was doing that. Yeah, I mean, but that it would be like if Martin Scorsese succumbed to his worst instincts and made a Marvel movie, which, you know, he hates. Uh, <laughs> ugh, ugh. But it is, it is pretty wild. But the reason for it is because this is, to date, the largest uh, and most money that's ever been spent on a Chinese-produced film. So it's a co-production uh, between, you know, United States uh, Pictures, China Film Group, and Universal Pictures. Um, and it had a budget of $150 million. We'll talk a little bit more about the money, because even though it did make $100 million plus in China, even though it did have a total box office of $334 million, it did manage to somehow still lose seventy five million dollars, which, which is, is like, also wild. what embarrassing. Uh, but just something else, Embar- to know, right? Embarrassing. Lay the lay the bar down. <laughs> you got Shaggy, like you got this incredible director, right? Yes. Screenplay by Carlo Bernard, Doug Miro, Tony Gilroy, Max Brooks. Story by Max Brooks, Edward Zwick, and Marshall uh, Herskovitz. The son of Mel Brooks, by the way. The son of really? Mel Brooks. Oh the my son God. of Mel Brooks and repeated offender on this podcast. Oh, well, I mean, <laughs> Your look. buddy boy, Eddie Zick. Oh, Eddie no. Zwick. We, we got to talk about this. So, I mean, first of all, all those names are read off, obviously, all white men, right? But <laughs> yep. this is Edward Zwick and Marshall Herskovitz, or as you may know them, the team oh. behind The Last Samurai. So they're back oh! at it again. Oh, well, that explains things. <laughs> Somebody saw that movie and said, we've got another Asian blockbuster tentpole film. Who can we call? 
but <laughs> Edward Wick two. sitting on a sitting on a pile of money that he made off of the Last Samurai. <laughs> right. Uh, so that's the thing. This movie is is purported and built up as this like huge Chinese American production. Mm-hmm. You've got this legendary Chinese director, but you've got not one, not two, but one, two, three, four, five, six white men <laughs> writing the story Thanks. behind it. Yeah. Boggles, whole, boggles the mind. A whole canoe of white <laughs> to write a really not good film. Like so, uh, it's so mid, it hurts. It's crazy. I mean, anytime like that though, right? When you hear that multiple people took a stab at a script, and you're yeah. like, and it, and this is what you came up with. Like this was the best that you Six could muster between all of you. Um, but Cameron, let's let's get into this five minutes. I again I feel like you can do it because the the film itself kind of doesn't go anywhere mm-hmm. <laughs> ultimately. Which is nuts, right? Yeah. <laughs> For this epic tale, apparently. You would the think. movie is like all of it feels like twenty locations along the wall, not even twenty. I'm yeah. gonna give you like fifteen, maybe yeah. thirteen, something like that. Crazy, crazy. But yeah, let's uh, let's get into it. Right. <laughs> let's see what happens. I will, I will count you down. All right, three, two, one, go. So it's um, I don't I don't know exactly what time period it is. You can say that it's the Song Dynasty, right? Yeah, that's that's, that's all we've got. Yeah, and that's about uh nine sixty to almost thirteen hundred eighty, I guess. Uh, so yeah, we're hanging out on the Great Wall of China and. Before, oh, we open with a card that says the Great Wall of China. It's huge, guys. It's huge. (laughs) As a former president would say, it's huge. Yeah, we come Um, in from space to kind of get a glimpse at it. (laughs) And also, there are many stories that come with this huge wall, and some of them are legend. So this is about to be some made-up monkey shit. (laughs) So here we go. So we got um, Pedro Pascal and... Uh, your boy Matt Damon as William Guerin and Pedro Tovar. Uh, Pedro Tovar, right? Is Pedro or Pero? Uh, it's neither of those. <laughs> what is? Let me look up his name. It's uh, like it's Tovar is like the name I kept seeing. Yeah, on. it's Pero. Yeah. Pero Tovar. Yeah. Pero. Okay. Okay. I thought it was like a typo. Maybe we weren't saying things right. No. <laughs> Didn't want to get it wrong. But uh, William and Pero are like escape mercenaries. They're obviously we're into some bullshit further along down the wall and they're escaping some guys and one night during their escape they're like hiding out in the woods and suddenly they're attacked by not a human something that's green and in that attack they manage to chop off said monsters like head and arms so they take the arms with them to the great wall where they are going to like you know set up camp as they get into further adventures i guess um, so they're chilling at the wall, they come in, and of course they're like captured before they even get there, because, duh, nobody's gonna let these two white people walk up on their great wall. <laughs> so they're captured, uh, they're captured by, um, com- uh, General Xiao, mm-hmm. and, uh, Strategist Wong. Yeah. And they are, br- they are brought to, uh... It's terrible. I gotta look up everything. They're brought to <laughs> Commander Lin, who is uh, the leader of the Crane Troop. There's so many troops, you'll find them all out later. Um, they're brought to Commander Lin, and she tells 
the who is this like the the emperor i guess or the king not the emperor because oh no no the the, emperor comes way 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 later yeah this is way later this is like the general yes so they're talking to the general the commander says to the general hey these guys are out here maybe we should kill them but they also have this weird green leg and they look at the leg and they're like oh yeah we've seen that before the green blood we've seen that too it's not a good look and they're like why have you seen this before what's going on and literally as they're questioning them there's an attack the green monster dog looking things that uh they refer to as the Taute have erupted from a mountain off in the distance and are just they normally come to attack the great wall time in and time out and so for like 30 minutes you're treated to like this crazy cgi battle that's like part wuxia movie part monster movie uh it's just like hordes and hordes of the monsters and they're fighting them off but william and Perro are watching this all happen while they're tied up uh like in the corner somewhere in the cut while this crazy because the dude couldn't find the key to the to the jail he was uh yeah um Peng Young, oh, that right? was such bad yeah. writing. I, I forgot the key, sir. Yeah. He said your writing mistake in the script. Like, come on, guys. <laughs> like, we don't have to do this. So, there you yeah, go. They're watching this crazy epic battle. The battle subsides. Um, and they're able to not escape because they escape, but they also want to fight alongside these people. They can't leave them in the lurch like that. Yeah. Well, William wants to fight. But William wants to fight, but Pero is like, ah, you know what? I actually want to do who rat shit with my friends, and I yeah, want to like get that black leave. powder, baby. Yeah, I want to get this gunpowder that we kind of came here to see about. And also, uh, Willem Dafoe is like cowering in the corner, Doing always classic like, William Dafoe creeping from the creep, shadows, creep eyes, just like, ooh, I'm up to something. <laughs> and you know, uh, Pedro Pascal, he sees that out. He's like, you know what? I want to go hang out with that guy. So you know, Willem Dafoe freeze them in the middle of the battle they fight to success and um they're brought back kind of like heroes almost or heroes but as if they're also not allowed to leave the compound really Mm -hmm. until this is all figured out so through some weird set of events they find out that magnets um yeah, no, this wasn't happening. <laughs> it's so complicated. That's why it's that's why it's complicated because yeah, this just plot is complicated. Keep chewing through it. We're 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 working through it. We're digging the soul. <laughs> um, so yes, we find out that magnets sub- subdue the beasts. So they manage to uh, during the next wave, Matt Damon is able to capture or like subdue one of the beasts, subdue one of the Taute. Yeah, they chain him up. And they hoist him up onto the wall where they will bring him to uh, the nearest. Um, it's it's the capital. Yeah. And I guess that was the capital of China at the time. Um, I don't know what it was. Doesn't matter. <laughs> this movie's dumb. Uh, <laughs> they bring them. To, they bring the. They bring the uh, the arm of it to the cap. Oh no! They bring the body to the capital. They yeah. show him the madness. They show the emperor the madness. He's like, yeah, we can get this. We can get this madness situation popping. Next wave, we got it. So the next wave happens, but during this time, Pedro Pascal and Willem Dafoe decide to peace out during the rise of the battle, as they planned, as he pl- told Matt Damon he planned to do earlier. Uh, while they're escaping, Matt Damon is literally just like slicing up demons, 
back and forth when they find out about the magnets. Uh, they also storm the Capitol using hot air balloons. Yeah. Um, t- because during the second wave, they found out that the Taute had burrowed a hole in the wall and now are going to ravage the rest of mainland China yeah. and possibly the world. And in order to stop them, they have to kill the queen, obviously, chop off the head, the rest of them die kind of scenario. But uh, they have, like, there's special versions of the Taute that have, like, metal winged backs. Yeah. And that can, uh, you know, shield the queen. Right. In the middle of the capital. All this to say there's a giant battle. And then they throw a, ma- they figure it out on the third try. Of course, after all the Taute have tried to, like. They get the sleepy um, Taute that they've, like, uh, like. Put the <laughs> magnet on. Yeah, like they put the magnet yeah, they, on it, and then they the stock sleepy... it up with bombs, and then they send it back to the queen because. And like, then they trojan it, trojan yeah. horse it back into the main hole situation, and yeah, pretty much. Uh, they strap a bunch of gunpowder to that one. They throw a magnet in there. They yeah. shoot a magnet. They shoot a gunpowder arrow through there with the magnet just at the right time. Matt Damon a, can't do it, so Commander Lin May has to like do. He has to shoot has the magnet, to, yeah. and she shoots. They have to the do arrow. it together. It's got to be a one-two punch. Yeah, teamwork. It <laughs> makes the dream work. Yeah, and they blow up the queen, and that's like the end of the movie. Yeah, Matt well, Damon there's gets to say, millions, millions of Taute are just in the capital city, just dead, piled uh, up. Just because yeah, once the queen dies, they all like just. Their nervous system shut down, and they all just like flop. So there's just, literally a million of them are just like not moving in the middle of the city. So I, I'm sure that's why they had to move the capital of China because just filled with Taute, you couldn't uh, <laughs> do. Anything you know, now that, that I think about it, the plot of this movie is very, very complicated. But it just the movie kind of pulverizes you with the plot. It yeah. just happens. You know, okay, yeah. here's the next part. This is happening. You can't blink or you'll miss, like, the fact that gunpowder can mm-hmm. be mm-hmm. snuck in over the, with the animal. It's very, very confusing yeah. and quick. Well, the real, the but real hey, end. shout out to the one, one hour, 40 minute, <laughs> right. you know, runtime. The real end of the <laughs> shout movie Shout out to that. Is, I need that. For some reason, so William Defoe and, and uh, Pedro Pascal run off during the middle of one of these battles. And then William yes. Defoe leaves Pedro Pascal. And then he gets yes. captured by, like... They call them like hill people or like hill tribes. I'm not quite sure who they were supposed to be, but like they start juggling the (laughs) gunpowder for some reason and like drop it in the fire and like blow up themselves and William Defoe. And then Pedro Pascal also gets captured by, I guess, just the the wall guard. And so the end of the movie is Matt Damon is given a choice. You can have all the black Mm -hmm. powder you can carry or you can take your friend and then we'll escort you back to somewhere not here somewhere and he decides to save his friend instead of taking the gunpowder and then um he like has a has a long wistful look with commander lin may (laughs) from the wall as they leave Uh, because maybe they could have fucked and that yeah and that's the last shot of the movie is him riding off with his friend um 
this movie is dumb. <laughs> this movie's dumb. Not very, very good. Very dumb. Um, and I, I and I just want to hear your thoughts. Like after this is the first time you've seen this movie. So after, how, was it in your mind right? Like as bad as you thought it was going to be, did it live up to that? Did it mm. underwhelm? Like was it just right? Right, the sweet spot of what you thought was going to happen. <laughs> I yeah, I had no idea what to expect. I think I think I was expecting the worst. Um, and it was it ended up being, I think, very instead of me feeling like lots of anger, for example, and I think like certain films um, that are similar, I would just rolling my eyes a lot and just like, uh, like, this is so predictable. Or this is so tired. Um, but I thought it was overall like, yeah lazy like pretty lazy (laughs) and played into a lot of the tire just like like ooh, I'm I'm a white man who's going to be better at the thing you've been training like a millennia for that that was (laughs) I also don't think this film is believable not in terms of just like the monsters whatever right I just you accept that as like the fact of the world but I'm right. just like, I don't believe that like the, this army of really smart people who they've de- clearly designed like a very intricate society mm-hmm. and they know how to use gunpowder. I don't believe that they haven't thought of anything he has, that you know, that, that but he waltzes in like, have you guys thought of using an era? <laughs> I'm just like, shut the fuck. <laughs> like yeah that no scene shit. that very scene is full garbage that well, full oh, scene is garbage yeah yeah it was it was for him to be like like adored and receive clap you know everyone claps for him and i'm like stop this scene is written it's so clearly written to be like we underestimated you you know outsider but wow you're better than us <laughs> When he proves himself, what he proves himself at the first wave, and then he comes in, he's adored. No, he proved himself before that. He proved himself because he killed one of the Taute alone, yeah. and that oh. off mm, off the right, jump right. impresses them. Off They're rip. just like, they were Whoa, like, oh, wow, yeah, class, class, you know. And then, so I mean, the whole thing, <laughs> the whole thing. Yeah, with Matt actually, Damon there's movie. a lot of this. There's a lot of like Matt Damon, like, oh, so you mean do this? Oops. That's and yeah, yeah. Just going like, wow, exactly. Wow, whoa. Most most of the film, like the film, can be described as Matt Damon receiving like claps and people just being like, <laughs> "Wow, never, never thought of that." You know, even though we've been fighting these creatures for what was it like several millennia? Yes. <laughs> but it was like, thank God you came with your arrow. <laughs> so here's the thing, Matt Damon throughout this movie, exactly what you just said, Elaine, like we'll get into his defense of the film and other people's defense of the film in just a second. But like the idea that this is not a white savior movie, right? Like the idea that Matt Damon is not doing exactly that is crazy because at every turn of the film, <laughs> mm-hmm. right? Like we said, he comes in, he he killed one of them and people are like, Whoa, okay. Wow. Like nobody's ever done that before. <laughs> at least one of you have never done that before. But then there's the scene where he saves uh, the the young soldier, right, on the wall. Mm-hmm. So he saves his life from, from being killed. And then they come in, right, and one of the, like, captains of one of the different troops, you know, when they're having that dinner scene is like, oh, your your bow looks stupid. And, like, you know, you're using such a primitive weapon. Like, you know, 
how could you be such a great warrior? And he's like, watch this. I'm going to shoot a cup <laughs> onto an arrow. And everybody's like, what? They get they literally give him a standing ovation. You know what I mean? So it's just mm-hmm. like, even in that yeah, scene. Yeah, that's, that's the egregiousness. That's the full mm-hmm. egregiousness where they literally saw him. What, he shot, what, three arrows, right? Three, three arrows into the right. sky. He threw up a cup. Blam, blam, blam. Into a column. The cup sits on the arrows. And is tilted by the third arrow. Like, who cares? This society yeah. has yeah. created cannon fireballs. Right. <laughs> like, we, like the machinery of how they were launching them. You know what I mean? It was like, this is Trebu- so These intricate. motherfuckers have trebuchets. <laughs> and you shot three arrows at a wall talking about, <laughs> I'm the king now. Well, that, right. that whole scene. Exactly. I run this. No one should be impressed. So that, that felt unbelievable. <laughs> I was like... This, no one would give a shit. They'd be like, we've thought of everything. And even when he was during that secret meeting or like the strategizing meeting, when he was like, he butted in and was like, what about like the magnet? Or was it that? Yeah. I don't know. It yeah, was just yeah. like, how, why mm-hmm. do you think they wouldn't have thought of this? Like, <laughs> Well, because it's crazy. I mean, he brings up magnets as if it's something they've never heard of before. And then like when they when they go to like get the... Uh, the Tao Te, he's like he's like giving orders to people. He's like, no, you're doing it wrong. You gotta like lift the chain up so it won't escape. And then I'm I'll be the hero Bruh. and like jump down there and like get it for you. Right. And like, you know, so there's all these instances where there's there's no way that you can watch this movie and say, Oh, but you know, it's a story about because the, the thing that people will point out in an attempt to defend the movie is that Matt Damon is not a he's supposedly not a good person right he's a mercenary he only came there to to get the black powder you know he's not he's not being honest and truthful with them but at every single turn every opportunity where he has the the chance to do a bad thing not only does he do the good thing but he Mm -hmm. does the heroic thing and then on top of that he turns around and gets the chance to admonish pedro pascal and william defoe because they're the bad white people so then he gets another layer of superiority over them throughout the whole movie so like there's never a point the the part (laughs) the part where they're getting ready to fly off right uh and go in the hot air balloons to the capital Mm -hmm. and like lin may is gone and like everybody's getting ready to leave and he runs up and the uh, (laughs) the strategist is like her last wish was for you to be free you know, and go and go <laughs> like take all the powder you want, like go yeah. tell the world about what's happening here. You know, like you're you're we're what? gonna send you away. You'll be great. You'll do Yeah, well. here's you're... your here's your gift bag. Thanks for visiting. <laughs> like And it's like what is happening here? Because the whole movie you're telling us that he can't leave for reasons that are not really clear. Mm-hmm. I At think all. it's insinuated and I don't know if this is text or just me reading into it that they're afraid that outsiders and you can read that as white people if they get the gunpowder then they're gonna like do what they did in real life which was yeah, I was about to say, you mean what they ended up doing <laughs> <laughs> um but i guess they leave that that's the quiet part that they don't say out they, loud when they accelerated the process like. right you know, guess what? Matt Damon was going to do the same bullshit. You're going to be calling it Matt Damon powder if it didn't get around. Well, it's crazy <laughs> too because, way. like, the idea of them taking what would probably amount to a very minuscule amount of gunpowder out of China back to Europe. What? Like, what? What? 
<laughs> like it's not a trade. You know what I mean? It's not like they opened up trade routes. It's like I took five pounds of gunpowder back to you know wherever I came from. Like, what is that even gonna sold do? Sold it at the farmers market. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's just like that is insane. But you know, yeah, like they acted like they were such. Yeah, that they they were like you know really high ranking special. Uh, that they needed to be imprisoned in like this high safety, and it was like, yeah. but why? Yeah, they were they were a danger. Like they in, were like C version Indiana Joneses. Like they were right. just out here on some yeah. random adventure shit. They were obviously they obviously screwed up the last adventure. They were yeah. on the run, and they were not even doing well at that. No, yeah, they're rapscallions, You know, <laughs> they were too the rapscallions. The movie ends yeah. up like with. The whole the whole thesis of the movie is that nothing gets accomplished unless Matt Damon comes, right? Like even yeah. at a certain well. point, uh, what is it? Strategist, strategist the strategist also says in that um scene with the magnet, he's like, it like you must have been sent to us, you know. Yeah. Like this is the yeah. reason that you arrived is because yeah. you had this rock, which again, you don't have Matt like the the whole thing with the Taute, which is insane to me as well, <laughs> is like they stopped the movie to explain where they come from where and the explanation from, yeah. is uh, an asteroid hit a mountain and they were just in there i guess and, and then they, they were came, unleashed <laughs> and they came out and then every 60 years inexplicably they come and try to get over the great wall no logic. you're telling me that there's people in the mountains and they don't eat them i guess but, but they're they... able to survive each of these 60 year attacks it's like cicadas except they could but like the interim too right like in between those 60 years it seems like they're not doing anything Mm -hmm. and so and they're like well we can't find them you know in those 60 years they're like invisible we can never get to them um it's it's like bad writing on the level of why do we care as the audience because there's no motivation like typically the villain is like I like you're you're this and I have to destroy this because I'm, you know, darkness and I hate light. Or yeah, because I, you stand for something. Or yeah, you stand there's some for this thing. motivation, not just like we're in a mountain. We come out once in a while and you're the closest thing to us. It's like, why yeah. do I? Yeah, I and, feel like you didn't invest the audience in caring. <laughs> and that and I know we're going to talk about this later because I'm sure that there are reasons behind all of this, but. Mm. It's this is the part where the plot of the movie gets mixed in with what it like why the budget is so big, right? So think mm-hmm. about this. The way I see it is if you're gonna tell a story that costs what one hundred and fifty million dollars yeah. about one of the standing wonders of the world and you're gonna the reason we're making this movie is to make a monster movie that's not even like interesting like you you the 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 monsters don't even have any attachment to like chinese lore mysticism anything like that uh, mythology zero <laughs> literally it's like they came out. The, they fell out here from the moon. Yeah, and moon monsters. Well, the Taute are actual Chinese like folklore that are like monsters that represent and embody greed. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Like, I guess they got that part that. right. But then it's also like 
not explained in the movie, that. right? And you know what I mean? Yeah. They they when they explain the Taute in the movie, it's like one of those. Um, they do this in every, they do this in Disney yeah. movies. They tell yeah. you the story on a scroll, or yeah, like yeah. visually like on the a little watercolor, yeah, <laughs> graphics, mm-hmm. the watercolor calligraphy of the Taute erupting from the moon and the mountain. <laughs> you know, like all that stuff. They do that, yeah. and that's very like wash it over. You know, it's like less than a minute of film. Like they just kind of like yeah. somebody has and it's to a say sequence. it. Sequence. Somebody yeah. had to say it. People had to animate it. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? <laughs> and it just it's it's so they treat it so light. Yeah. As if it's not a problem for them, and it's not a problem that we the audience should care about. Yeah. And that's why I mean, and that's why this movie sucks nuts because <laughs> well, th- there's there's no weight. There's no real yeah. like historical weight i mean in the in the title card you're literally given like there are stories that were truth and fiction this is fiction (laughs) why why am i doing this (laughs) right why still why do i care like the biggest tenet is you have you have to have us caring for someone's survival and i think none of us really give a shit about matt or yep. his friend and then Just like the other Matt's char- white is not why I care. right mm-hmm. is not enough it's not <laughs> producers enough producers need to understand that um and then the other characters we don't get to actually know them they don't give them the time or the depth of mm-hmm. you know they're just sort of there and talking and just like they have they each have a little bit of dialogue but even like the main uh commander the woman i yep. feel like oh, commander lynn Yep. Yeah, we still don't get to really know her. Like, there's like a very short part where it's like, oh, I was, I like, don't have parents. I grew up here. I yeah. don't know. But it's yeah. just, I don't know. It was like this, in a lot of ways, if this movie just did not have Matt Damon or his friend, and it was about, it was like parts when they were, everyone was just speaking in Mandarin. Mm-hmm. And I, like, you, for a second, your brain could be tricked that this was a movie, you know, happening in Mandarin. It was just Chinese actors. It was like, oh, maybe this could be interesting. And if yep. they actually imbued the characters of like storylines, but so mm-hmm. much of it was just wasted. It's like, yeah. So they all ended up being more or less like props. And and I felt like her character ended up being that like mystical, wise Asian trope of mm-hmm. like trust in the West. Do you not know about about and then you know she uses like the the chinese word which i feel like is another like a mysticism like to be like oh look at yeah. this incredible east like exotic thing you don't have no it's just trust like the word is trust. And <laughs> oh yeah like, yeah yeah your english well, is like really good like you know how to say trust but it's like no it's this other word and then um she like teaches him to you know open his heart and whatever mm-hmm. it's like mr miyagi that type of like Ooh, in the East, we have concepts that you do not. Let me <laughs> open your mind and and broaden your spirit. And so I felt that's what her character kind of amounted to. Yeah, well, I, I did want to pivot into talking about that because it is crazy how this is a movie, again, by a legendary Chinese director and like mm-hmm. co-produced by a Chinese company. And yet somehow all the Chinese and other Asian characters feel othered in the movie in the in, movie about their own movie. them and their country they're because they're barely there exactly like you're saying like you know general and may 
not only not one i think she is literally the only woman with a speaking role in the movie like i think oh my yes. god yeah maybe another <laughs> and there's woman, a whole troop of women i think they they giggle at one point and then they do like, oh my god when she's showing them how to bu- right, when he, she's showing like, matt how to bungee jump and there's like, like one line where it's like oh is he gonna be too heavy or something yeah but I that's think like one that's of a throwaway speak- line that's not like a real character yeah yeah i think maybe like there's one or two other lines like that where she's addressing one of them and they speak back to her but like in the rest of the entire movie there's no other women who speak or like for a majority of the characters i did not know their names yeah. <laughs> I yeah, I well, knew Lin exactly. May, I know um the commander, uh, and then I knew <laughs> strategist Wong. And that was I it. knew strategist Wong because he sounded like a Star Wars character. I was <laughs> right. like, Oh, that guy works on the Death Star. That's cool. That's what's up. <laughs> but I knew I knew Sir Ballard and I knew Pero and I knew William and those yeah, were the three the white people in the movie. Them. Right. Yeah. And so in a movie about the Great Wall of China. <laughs> right. And so <laughs> not only do the Asian characters get other, because then you have um the young soldier who two times, right? Once Matt Damon is captured after uh Pedro Pascal and Wim Defoe leave mm-hmm. and is being questioned and threatened, and it's like, Oh, you were with them and you're gonna steal from us and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the the young soldier comes up and like vouches for him and like saves mm-hmm. his life. And then a few scenes later he's like oh i want to go with you guys you know to uh fight you know on on the balloons and i was like he's gonna die and then like maybe a scene after that he he sacrifices himself uh. to save matt damon and everybody else and uh. then strategist wong also later sacrifices himself to save matt damon yeah. and uh lin may so it is it's way like, too much sacrificing for yeah. one white dude <laughs> multiple not only do they not get developed characters but multiple times in the movie they sacrifice their lives like literally lives. die for him for people who came to rob them you know what i mean it's like this is why it's like no matter who co-produced blah 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 like the the basic ethos of this movie is a it's a white movie because whiteness keeps getting privileged and protected as like worth saving right and like i want you well i think about it think about it like this it's kind of like the um from a time to kill the but if they're black think about this but if they're but if they were white, if only they were white. Think about this. Think about this. A person comes in your house and robs you at gunpoint. Says, "Hey, give me all your stuff. You just want to live. I'll give you all my stuff." And then you somehow call nine one one. The police show up. And you're about to say you're about to escape to the front door. And the guy who's gonna rob you, he goes out in front of the cops and he's about to get shot up by them cops. And then you jump out there. In front of the robber <laughs> to protect him. That to happens him. multiple times in this movie. Yep. And and the thing yep. that got me the most that I was this was the thing that probably upset me the most of the whole movie is I was like, Pedro Bresco has to die, right? Like he's like the shittiest one who's like terrible and like is totally not even trying to engage in any of this. He just wants to rob them. He <laughs> just like wants to rob them. He's also like a caricature. Do you, yeah. He literally showed up in a poncho and says amigo <laughs> in every single... He says amigo three times. A line. I was just so like... we know he's Spanish. Like, this actor is, like, a very serious actor. You know, he's done, like, incredible films. I was like, this is disrespectful to him that you put him yes. in a poncho and you make him say amigo. Like, he's like a parrot. Yeah. like... I was like, also, I don't think at that time, 
like the, he would just be saying amigo all the time. Like, no. But he, he but he has to live though, right? right That's right. the thing that I was so upset yeah. about. I was just like what? Like why the, the whole idea of us following William Defoe and Pedro Pascal was absurd to begin with because it's like sure. they like they're out of the movie. Like I don't need to know yeah. what else happens to them <laughs> after that point. <laughs> but then they go through the effort of making sure that he lives. And not only mm-hmm. that he lives, but that Matt Damon saves him as well so they can yeah. go off on more adventures after the fact. And I'm like, all these other people had to like heroically sacrifice themselves right. for this. And this piece of shit gets to like <laughs> just just dip out with his his best friend exactly. who vouched for him, you know what I mean? And probably yeah. still like has black powder on him somewhere and like somewhere you know, he, go you know get, he definitely yeah. took a little bit. Right, you know what I mean? Come on. Um, yeah, he's the one he's the one character who shows no loyalty, is just thinking for himself, ready to mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was it was annoying that his it was so much time was spent trying to humanize him towards the end or whatever, when it was like, yeah. what about these other characters? Like I was really interested in that young soldier. I would have loved yeah. to get to know him more. And he and was, was so just, quiet. I know yeah. he was just like they made him ugh, I don't know. It was annoying that. I felt like in all of the interactions Matt Damon had with his character, it was to make Matt Damon seem more empathetic than mm-hmm. Chinese people because yes. you would see him get scolded. And I feel like this is a white savior trope is like the quote unquote native country or culture will be like not understanding and like cold and cruel and every <laughs> mm-hmm. look, look at them berating this poor soldier. And then Matt Damon's like, I I'm nice though. I like yeah. you. <laughs> so, and I, like my culture is not cruel and cold. Mm-hmm. Um, Unlike this one, we come from a land of warmth and democracy. <laughs> right. Exactly. And I was, I was like, how can I, yeah, that, that really also cemented. This is absolutely a white savior film because that's, that's like the thing. They're yeah. more human and the more understanding, more empathetic than everyone around them. Like you guys are all just faceless like you're just a faceless horde. <laughs> yeah, really though, no. really though, and that's that's also the disgusting thing about like making this a monster movie, right? Because then your villains are faceless, right? Your mm. villains are just monsters. They just came out of the mountain, and we got to destroy them. Yeah, but it's us banding together against the monsters versus like somebody with cruel intentions or somebody yes. who's trying to. The Great Wall was literally put there. <laughs> To fight wars to keep mainland China safe from what Mongolian hordes, right? right? Yeah. This way it was apolitical. That's crazy. This the monsters made the movie apolitical so that even that like because truthfully, yeah, like white people interacting with Chinese people at that time, there would have been like conflict and racism because Mm -hmm. white people were already one thousand percent. Yeah, super, super racist. So I feel like by making that that choice was very deliberate because the movie's message became about togetherness and like you said earlier like teamwork and like i literally you know wanted to throw up a little at the end when it's like they literally how they destroy the queen is they fly together like titanic style (laughs) like (laughs) 
like arms out sailing through the air one clasped yep. behind the other mm-hmm. just like look at what we can achieve when we don't we don't <laughs> see color anymore and we it's, just see human to human and we trust yeah. each other and i'm like oh barf like yeah this is, this is a movie set in china that's somehow colorblind yeah. <laughs> well it's so i mean this is this is the last thing that I want to talk about before I get into research, but if anybody else has anything else that they want to discuss, like we can get into it. No. <laughs> the craziest. So these are the two craziest things to me. And they're kind of like one and one, you know, just when it comes to like how this movie worked. So there's this, there's the initial battle, right? The all women troop, their job is basically to bungee jump off the wall <laughs> with spears yeah. Yeah. And fight the monsters. And yeah. yet the way that it works is they literally sometimes are like jumping into their mouths. Like mm-hmm. they yep, jump yep. off and get mm-hmm. devoured. And then there's like a really horrible cut away where they're just like putting the bloody rings yeah. aside of just like, well, yep. there's another one. You yep. know, somebody else get in here. Um, but it's <laughs> like it makes literally no sense that you would jump all the way to the bottom mm-hmm. and dangle there where the monsters are when you can just jump a little bit that's why you have yeah. long spears to and poke throw. them with. thank yep. you that's and what i was them. wondering why aren't you just throwing it like it's crazy you seem like you saw the same dumb movie that i saw <laughs> that was insane to me i was like oh this is dope an all-female troop i mean i honestly gasped when i saw it was uh commander commander lynn was a woman i was like oh let's Let's talk about that. And the movie was yeah. like, nah. No. <laughs> no. And then right. I was like, oh, an all-female troop that's like bungee jumping off the wall? Wait, this seems a little extra. Yeah, it's extra. Yeah, it's a lot. Yeah. And then they were just like sacrificing that. <laughs> and then like they're sacrificed on mass. And it's like. And I didn't understand why. I felt like some a lot of decisions were aesthetic where they were like, this will look cool. But I'm yes. like, wait a second. You guys do have gunpowder? Why haven't you been using it this whole time? And I had this idea because clearly the the monsters are afraid of fire, right? Because every time you blow fire, they like scatter. I'm like, why don't you have a constant ring of fire around the wall? That was my first thought. But then I was like, oh, but then there'd be no movie. And they want things. Sounds like you should be commander. (laughs) I know. I'm like, let me do this job. It was, yeah, I feel like a logical, like lazy plot plotting like that, it takes you out of the film. And so it's like, yes. they do need to address it, right? It's like something that bothers the audience. <laughs> but all that dumb stuff happens within the first like 20 yes. minutes. Like it, they, they bombard you with like questionable decision after yeah. questionable decision. And you're just like, I'm, I got a root for this? How yes. much more is this? I got a root for? Well, okay. Right. So you got all the all the women are jumping off and just jumping to their deaths, basically. To their death. the, the ratio is probably like two or three monster deaths to like six or seven <laughs> soldier deaths. So it's just like this doesn't that seem to be battle, making yeah. sense. Um, but then on top, because the other thing that this movie does that's really bizarre is that these seem to be very hard to kill unless you're Matt Damon. Matt Damon shoots it <laughs> yeah. like once or twice and it dies. But everybody yeah, no, else has to stab it a bunch. Eyes. Yeah, everyone has. They keep saying "aim for the eyes." They say it like it's the the glowing pendant on his forehead, as yeah. if he's like a Mario Brothers villain or something it's like, like that. It's like a Zelda boss, yeah. Yeah, it's like a yeah. Zelda <laughs> boss, exactly. And but everyone is unable to like shoot the eye. They're shooting like you know arms, lots of body shots, and only Matt Damon only is the Matt one Damon. who could do like 
front flips and yep. jump off of yep. things and hit both eyes right? before he's it touches a creature. He, he's he Legolas, Legolas the whole movie. <laughs> and he discovered so these crazy. creatures like five minutes ago. And right. then he found out. They're like, oh, we've been battling them for like 10 millennia. <laughs> but, oh, t- this week we found out it was the eyes. And we yep. got the guy who could shoot the eyes. Gotta oh, we the good, eyes, baby. He could shoot. Good. He could shoot those eyes. Um, Yo, did you see what he did in the mess hall? <laughs> yeah, he is. He is capable, my dude. But then that second oh. battle is insane because, like, they reveal that there's like razor blade like turrets on the wall that yeah. can like slice them as they crawl up. Right. So I'm like, Fam. where was that in the beginning? Thank and then you. they I bring out wonder- the. <laughs> They bring out the dynamite, and I'm just like, you guys are... The dynamite and the spiked fireballs, I was like, okay, so it seems like y'all know what y'all doing, and up in the ante every time you get the chance, and then the movie is like, nah, still hard, yo. Yeah, we still need Matt. We needed Matt this whole time. We needed him here. Missing piece of the puzzle, guys. (laughs) Where's Matt? (laughs) I need him. I mean, just getting getting into some behind the scenes about this movie that is equally just mind blowing. So Matt Damon is the star of this film, obviously, and like you know, big box office star. Big box they're office make, star. They're gonna let you know. <laughs> yeah, big box office star in China though. They loved The Martian. That was a huge hit in China, and they loved was the it? Bourne movies. Yes. Um, so like you know, he was one of the most bankable stars in China uh, for those roles. So that's probably you know why they decided to go get him. But when you look at the Oscar, him up. when you look at the other actors in these movies, it's like a who's who of like Chinese cinema at the time. Like they're getting some of the best actors around and giving them absolutely nothing to do, <laughs> which is Worst another roles. insult to like have. We talked about this um, before we were doing Mr. Baseball, like the the, talk, yeah. the coach of that team was like a, a celebrated Japanese movie star who had been honored like, by the country. Yes. <laughs> been in 200 films and, and like j- was playing like a side character to Tom Selleck like in a, a baseball a movie. Sourpuss coach. Uh. You know? And so you've got this movie. So you've got Andy Lau who is like a, a huge star. Like if you, if you look at just the way that like, the Hong Kong box office is set up like he's won the most awards by a male artist of of anybody. You know what I mean? He's, a, like, he's also like a mu- music like he's like Jay Balvin out there. <laughs> yes, you know what I mean. So like this is one of the biggest, they most recognizable him. stars in China. He's playing um, strategist Wang, who is like just exposition. He just gets to say yeah, exposition. To they're Matt all Damon. pretty much yeah exposition, right? Exactly. Or they exist for Matt Damon to save. <laughs> yeah. Uh you've got uh Zhang Hanyu who became the first Chinese actor to win the Grand Slam of acting awards. Like he's won basically every acting award that you could win in China. Well, he's and got he gets the Egon to be out there. General Shao, who again just gets to get murdered by one <laughs> of the Tao Te. And and then pretty give, early on too. Yeah. Give commandership yeah. over to uh Commander Lin Bei. You've got Jing Tian who you might know. I mean, she was in Kong Skull Island, and then she was in the Pacific Rim sequel, mm-hmm. um, and is like a pretty big like like music like pop star over there in China. So like this was like one of her first big roles. She gets the most out of anybody, but also her character is basically 
nothing, you know? <laughs> like, pseudo love interest to Matt Damon, but, like, yeah. She's there to teach. She exists, yeah, to open Matt's cold little heart and teach him about trust. <laughs> <laughs> you go on, and you've got um, Luhan, who was the soldier, the young soldier, who is, like, one of uh, let me see if I get this right because this is kind of a it's one of the craziest things when you read about it. Uh, in 2017, Luhan was listed as the second highest paid celebrity in mm-hmm. Forbes China. So, like one of the one of the highest paid celebrities yeah. the year after this movie comes out, <laughs> and he's just he's part of a boy band, um, like a South oh, Korean Chinese oh, boy band. God. I can and, see that awesome. that that checks out. <laughs> yeah, same thing with uh, you see that. <laughs> with with Kari Wong, who is who was the emperor, the, like the child emperor that they had in the movie. Um, oh he's yeah, also part of that the same boy band. So like huge, what? recognizable Asian stars in this movie who barely get any lines. Yeah. Their lines mostly consist of telling Matt Damon either how great he is or like <laughs> things they can't figure out. And then Matt Damon says, "Have you tried?" Right. And then. Uh, <laughs> And they're like, do we know I did yeah. the whole time? Or yeah. like you're saying, Elaine, kind of to give him like, you know, well, in the East, we do this, you know, which is different from what you do in the West. And that's why you'll never be, you know, whatever. Or like until you learn how to yeah. cooperate, I guess, is is the right. message. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How to not like think for your just about yourself or something. Yeah, it, it, it was they were all just mirrors Instead of having those actors, they could have just hired mirrors, right? Because yeah. they all existed to say something about Matt's character and to reflect yes. on him. And it was like none of them had real arcs or storylines. Like, that's the thing. It's like, uh, I truly think this movie, it maybe could have been more interesting if like all the white people were gone <laughs> and just all the percent. other characters were developed and they had real... Yeah arcs and like yeah just yeah because honestly if this movie would have been i feel like this movie has happened before right you have uh a a conflict going on and then these two people get captured but they are honestly like captured people the whole movie they're just like hanging out in the wings hanging out in the cells like okay you're over there but the fight is happening out here and this is where the movie is happening but it feels like it's the reverse mm. is the movie that we're watching. We're watching the bizarro version of that movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Is what uh, this movie ends up being. Well, let's let's get into some of the spicy stuff mm. because, uh, you know, Matt Damon and, and Zhang Yimou had some things to say about how this movie was not what people assumed it would be uh, based uh-huh. on the trailer. And so, um, you know, initially when the trailer came out, there was just... Again, a lot of general uproar. People were not pleased <laughs> with what they were seeing. It really couldn't have been a worse, you know, role. I mean, there's no way that you can hide what this movie is, but mm-hmm. like they, they also mm-hmm. were not trying to do that. Um, and so, like, just a plethora of hashtags popped up immediately after. <laughs> uh, specifically, hashtag Matt Damon taught me, which was just a lot of like, you know, Matt Damon taught me how to use chopsticks, or Matt Damon uh, taught me. <laughs> well, that bothered me <laughs> that he knew how. You see him in a scene, just like yeah, like very easily. <laughs> yeah. I'm yeah. like, this. He has not seen those before. Like, <laughs> no. 
Anyway, sorry, go on. <laughs> oh, no, but there's, yeah, so initially there's a lot of just people like, you know, flaming the movie based on the trailer. And so both Damon and, and, and Zhang Yimao told the Associated Press that because of the demands of the story, Damon's role was never envisioned for a Chinese actor, right? Um, basically, the the story was that West meets East kind of situation, right? Like there's going to be... Obviously, there's no Americans, but like, you know, mm. a, a Western, a European person comes into Asia and there's some maybe not culture clash, but like, you know, a, a need for coexistence. And like this character, like they will tell you time and time again, he's a mercenary. He's not, you know, there to help anybody and <laughs> all of this stuff. But eventually he becomes like the hero of this whole situation. So it's very confusing. Um in that same interview with the Associated Press, Damon said that he thought of whitewashing as applied to Caucasian actors, applying makeup to appear to be of another race, as was common in the early days of film and television, when racism was much more overt. So you can't be that that's dumb. called you yellow that face, dumb. Matt. Like it's two different things. Oh, Jesus. Man. Very confusing. I think also just not understanding that whitewashing is a you know, a white like a actor. metaphysical concept. Yeah, well, just you know, a white actors. Yeah. white actors taking the place of any person of color within a film. Uh, yeah, but also as it has happened time and time again, like replacing a historical figure, you know, in a film where, or like a real life person, where it's just like, well, yeah, this was you know an Asian person, a black person, a Latinx person, but like, but if it's a white person, <laughs> it's relatable and it'll sell. <laughs> So Damon said he thought that the controversy would subside after the trailer came out once people see that it is a monster movie and it's a st historical fantasy. I didn't take a role away from a Chinese actor. It wasn't altered in any way because of me. Um, Damon also questioned whether the critical stories on online news sites based on a 30-second teaser trailer would have existed before the era of fake news and social media. Wow. It suddenly becomes a story because people click on it versus the traditional ways that a story would get vetted before it would get to that point. Wow. Um, people fall for outrageous headlines, but eventually you stop clicking on some of those more outrageous things because you just realize there's nothing to the story when you get to it, he said. Um, so... Cool. Very, very defensive. <laughs> very defensive about all of this stuff. Um, how do you think he felt in 2021 about all these things? Well, if you'd like to know, <laughs> he was on Mark Barrett's podcast talking about it. Um, and uh, one interesting note is that David said he knew that the movie was doomed from the start, calling it basically a disaster. Um, oh. Going on to say that it doesn't cohere and it doesn't work as a movie. That's him uh, backtracking. So... <laughs> That's him backtracking after the numbers, you know? But no, yeah. Will Smith's got to give back his Oscar, though. <laughs> like, that's ridiculous all the stuff in hollywood where they say you have to be nice to everybody you have to be yeah. you know you did a movie you have to talk good about it unless it's like you know way back in history or something like that and this guy is like four right. years out you know what What's some pile of garbage? Yeah. Doom <laughs> from the start. And you know he wouldn't be saying that if it was like a hit and if it had made money. He's only saying that now. Yeah. Like in retrospect. Or if it was like Martin Scorsese or Steven Spielberg or somebody like that. Like I think he feels or like somebody, yeah, it's yeah. just disrespectful to the director. Yeah. So I watched a lot of the behind the scenes stuff for this movie and you know, there's a lot of Matt Damon, oh, like 
what an honor it is to work with Zhang Yimao. Oh, this is like the greatest, like biggest, most intricate yeah. set I've ever been on. Like, you know, they talk a lot about how apparently there was like over a hundred translators on set because they were working with an international crew. And so, you know, there was just a lot of like work that went into it. You know, the sets were massive. Matt Damon was working with the second best archer in the world. I guess they couldn't get the best archer in the world <laughs> to work on him for this movie. But, you know, like you watch a lot of that stuff and it's just yeah, everybody hyping up how great this is going to yeah. be. This is going to be an epic fantasy film, yada, yada, yada. And then, That's like you're saying, time. Cameron, only four years later, he's like, yeah, that shit was whack. Wow. The audacity. He's, you got he's me to spineless. Do that. that is something that someone spineless would say. It's like. That's so whack, yeah. Um, well, do you want to hear something fun he said? There? <laughs> <laughs> he went on to say that, and this is his defense, you know, when people continue to call it a white saver film, that I saw the movie as the exact same plot as Lawrence of Arabia, Dances with Wolves, or Avatar. It's an outsider, Stop. comes into a new culture, finds value in the culture, brings some skill from the outside that aids them in their fight against whatever, and they're all changed forever. Their fight against whatever. Get the fuck out of here. But that You're, didn't he just define <laughs> like a white savior? He's like, this is not uh, a white yes. film because I judged it and then he describes it. Like what? It's like these white savior films. Lawrence you know? of Arabia absolutely <laughs> I mean, he, is one of those problematic. I, I haven't even seen all the ones. Dances with Wolves? Dances yeah. with Wolves is so problematic. <laughs> You know, so it's clear that Matt Damon uh, has some diversity issues. And wouldn't you know it, sparking back to the Project Greenlight comments that he had, uh, where he famously said that diversity is in the casting of the show, not the casting of the film, right? Where he's talking about Project Greenlight, which is a reality show about directors, you know, getting to make a movie. Um, And basically like, oh, yeah, well, at this point, you know, what is who needs diversity because you know we should have done that before we didn't do it so like what do you want me to do right <laughs> and, wow, you know, people that, and it, he said that too and in reference to a black female producer yeah if a brown oh who, i watched i watched that season of television yeah i got who, the receipts matt who immediately said yeah. wow in response to it and then yep. <laughs> went on to like try to parse it and he you know in response to those comments has been very much you know like like, oh, yeah. you didn't see the whole story. There was more to that. We didn't, you know, talk. Um, and you get wow. a lot of because Matt Damon has a reputation, right, as being like, you know, one of the most liberal actors in Hollywood. And he's got all these different Wait, causes. Really? And philanthropy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, it's nuts, you know, right? So, the two guys. Yeah, from you Boston could not. I would not have guessed hunting. that. Yeah. From the most liberal just... guys in Hollywood. You know, so he's got this whole, you know, persona and image. Where and you know you kind of look at some of the things that he's been a part of, and you're just like, but couldn't you see that before you did that? You know what I mean? Like if you're if you're thinking on this level, how are you not aware of the decisions that you're making and the repercussions that they have? Mm. Um, so if you want to get Sounds- into the response to that, <laughs> a couple of good ones. Obviously, you know, Constance Wu was was not pleased when this came out and had a lot to say about it, specifically tweeting that we have to stop perpetuating the racist myth that only a white man can save the world, uh, which mm-hmm. I think we can all agree with. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Phil Yu of uh, the Angry Asian Man blog uh, had to say that you can set a story anywhere in the world in any era of history and Hollywood will, will still somehow find a way to, for the movie to star a white guy. You can definitely count on it. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
And so there was there was definitely a lot of just backlash from various people who are just kind of like, there's no way that you could have made this decision and thought, yeah, this is going to go over well with large sections of people. Like, I think they just assumed that Matt Damon was such a bankable movie star, such a likable movie star that nobody would ever. It's it's a Matt Damon movie. Like, we're going to go see it. You know, no, no, no questions asked. Right. And then everyone boycotted it and said, yeah, like all three of us were like, I will I will go out of my way to not see this until, you know, we had to for this. podcast." <laughs> but so we just had like normal hesitation to go see this movie. Imagine if you said some bullshit that made yeah. people not want to go see something they were already definitely yeah. ready to ignore. So here's here's the interesting part. Right. So this movie comes out and it is not doing well. <laughs> Um, when you look at the general box office, right? So, um, it opens in December, uh, oh, in China. Well, this is in China. So in America, the movie grossed 4.5, million, $45.5 million, right? That's all I got uh, here in America. Yeah. $45.5 million in the United States and Canada, $289.4 million in other territories, right? So worldwide, $334.9 million. So it it did not even break $50 million here in America and Canada combined. When it goes to China, it eventually grosses $170.9 million, right? Which was considered a pretty poor box office showing, specifically a movie about China, <laughs> mm-hmm. a big, they're doing all this production, all this promotion, like they're with, really with trying the to sell actors, it. best actors, like huge <laughs> actors too. Yes. And again, Matt Damon, very bankable movie star over there in China, like they're expecting big, big numbers. Doesn't do that. And it joins a very dubious cast of movies <laughs> that somehow grossed $100 million in China, but did not gross that in America. And the list goes Terminator Genesis. <laughs> Warcraft and somehow triple X the return of Xander Cage. (laughs) Oh my God. Yeah. Ouch. Just being on that list is, is yeah, not, not good. That's like the bottom of movies. It's a very strange company to be in, Uh, Uh. but you will find that there are some people who wanted to praise the movie otherwise. And so, uh, Anne Hornaday of the Washington Post in her review said that early concerns about Damon playing a white savior in the film turned out to be unfounded. His character, a mercenary soldier, is heroic, but also clearly a foil for the superior, superior principles and courage of his Chinese allies. That's a take. Uh, they Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan false, Kim. A false take. Yeah. <laughs> Jonathan Kim from the Huffington Post uh, writes that, having seen The Great Wall, I can say that on the charge of The Great Wall, insulting the Chinese and promoting white superiority, I say not guilty. The question of whether The Great Wall is a white savior movie is a bit trickier, but I'm still going to say not guilty. On the charge of whitewashing, I also say not guilty. Wow. Uh, another Thanks qu- for nothing, Jay. <laughs> yeah, Jonathan Kim was. Jonathan, uh, sorry. <laughs> Yelling, yelling out from the peanut gallery over Very there. Questionable takes uh, from some people. But if we want to get deeper into it, let's play our favorite game Ooh. and look at how this movie did on all of the different wonderful review sites. And so if you go to IMDb, what do you think The Great Wall got? This is oh, out I of actually- 10. I th- I think I accidentally saw this. I d- I think I know around what it is. So maybe I should. What the IMDb? Yeah, you I could go ahead know. and yeah, you could still guess. 
Okay, when you guess, because I I think I know I think okay. I know what it is. <laughs> okay. Um let me guess. Uh, IMDB is tricky. Yep. I'll say like a four point eight. Okay. Elaine? I, I remember it being five something, like five point okay. three or something. Five point nine. Five point nine. So five point nine. Five point nine is not great. Not bad either. Right. But yeah, it's it's definitely still it's in the mid range of mm-hmm. yeah. you know, films. It's kind of like, and this is this is you know just general audiences like people who like film, but still like a general audience look at yeah. it. And so yeah, you know reviews for it like there's nothing crazy here where anybody was like this is the best movie ever made um <laughs> but you know i think a lot of the love for it comes from the visuals and the monsters yeah. and you know these people were just looking yeah. for like a popcorn flick and this i mean the the visuals of this movie not Zhang Yimou's best still no. some interesting things happening but very much so on par with like a netflix made yeah. movie you know like the mount the, the one thing visually that threw me off for the entire movie was just like the proximity of the mountain to <laughs> the wall yeah because like in some shots it'd be like a gorgeous glorious like unrealistic honestly matte painting of like the mountain off in a you know the distance a distant valley you know right and then in other shots, it'd be like, oh, it's right over there. Yep. yep. <laughs> it's like Omar. It's like a hop and a skip. Yeah. Yep. yeah. And then in some shots, it would even be in another, like, geographical territory. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, we just we just flipping a coin now. We just figured it out. The, the mountain is somewhere over there. And like people have pointed out, like, the Great Wall of China is one of the longest, if not the longest, man-made structures in the world. Right. And so the monsters are just coming to this spot. Right. <laughs> Repeatedly. Because there coming. are literally pieces that are like not even 10 feet off the ground. You know, like yeah. they never thought maybe we should go away from the part that has the, the rotating blades. The- and, uh, <laughs> and the fire. Especially, yeah, because we're told they're so smart and they're evolving. And it's like, why do they run towards the blades? <laughs> you know, it's, I don't know, it's weird. Uh, but so that was IMTV. <laughs> If we go to Rotten Tomatoes, this is Critics. What do you think okay. it has out of 100%? Critics? Out of 100? Okay, you go this time, Elaine. I'll say, I'll say like, like 39, 40. Okay. Okay, respectable. I'm going to say... I'm going to say the Critics. <laughs> Your boy Jonathan Kemp thought it was just fine. Uh, you know what? I'm going to say, <laughs> I'm going to say again, like 50%. It got 35% overall out of 240 reviews. Uh, Critics. That's accurate. That's more accurate. Yeah, more or less able to see through it. I mean, a lot of them were just like, sure, you know, visually there's a lot (laughs) happening here. It's a big, epic, you know, kind of film. But like Lord of the Rings derivative, you know, not really much in terms of like character or plot. Like -hmm. if we're just looking for something dumb to watch, I guess. (laughs) This fits that bill, but like that would be an amazing a, crit- critic if it was like on like a fancy film magazine. If you're looking yeah. for something dumb, to watch. right? But yeah, uh, well, one of the reviews calls it the best looking stupid movie you'll see all year. So, 
hey, that's yeah. something I would even put in the trailer. <laughs> Best looking stupid movie you see all year. Come see it. So critics, yeah, Boy, generally, in it. generally not enjoying this movie. Even the audience score was forty two percent, and that's right, pretty bad. Good. Uh, I we all saw the yeah. same movie. Good. Yes. Yeah. Well, in Chi- in China, it was getting similarly bad reviews from Chinese audiences. Mostly they were ragging on the boy band members and, you know, saying that they were not you know, very good <laughs> in terms of their roles. But like, yeah, generally they also were not buying it. It was, it was strangely less like Matt Damon, white savior mm. kind of stuff, but more just like this movie's dumb. Like this movie's not very good. <laughs> mm. uh, I don't know why you'd expect us to come and see this. So lastly, we have, our absolute favorite, Amazon.com, mm, uh, mm. which is always always a gamble. You never know what you're going to get. So out of five <laughs> stars, Elaine, what do you think audiences had to say about The Great Wall? Oh, no. I know it. <laughs> oh, you know it? <laughs> when I would like to, to, to rent it, you know, for $3.99. Yeah. <laughs> I saw it. Uh, but, yeah, when we all paid okay, money you, for this. Well, then you go first, then. Okay. Okay. I'm going to take a stab mm. and say this is because this is actually a bad movie. Okay. I'm going to say four stars. Elaine? Yeah, it was four. It was four? Actually, four and a half stars out of five. Oh, four and a half. Four and a half. 70% five-star reviews. Why do, uh, get out why here. do people like it so much? On it? What, are they, what are they liking? Uh, the what same kind like? of thing, but just kind of, I mean, it's just, it's a very good and enjoyable action film. It's a visually stunning film. It's a mid action movie. Um, you know, some people like it somewhat ironically. I mean, you know, a great choice for a cheesy movie night, but like, I guess people on Amazon just aren't looking for depth of any kind. They just want the most base, basic, yeah. whatever they can get. Uh. They want maybe background noise. They're like, this was great, like decoration yeah. to my, dinner party or something i don't know right i i made i made the kids sandwiches and this mm. seemed to pass the time pretty yeah. well yeah i mean sometimes you get the reviews that are just like package came as described um you know what i mean five stars like exactly you know. or like it was a movie right yeah. streaming streaming was smooth five stars right yeah i saw the movie from beginning to end five stars what a, yep. what a movie so that's what critics and fans had to say about this movie, but let's think a little bit about how to reimagine it. And Elaine, you seemingly throughout has kind of had a, the idea, which I think I was kind of coming to as well. But how would you reimagine this movie to either just completely remove the white saviors or make them secondary characters? I'd love to remove them. I think they're not. I think from the beginning, like you're constantly wondering why they're there because the heart of the film, if we are to say it has heart, is like saving Chinese civilization from these, you know, creatures. So that's that's what could happen. Like the person who comes up with the new ideas could have been um, General Lee. Like what if instead yeah. of her being the general from the beginning, she was like cast aside as like, oh, you're a just a woman like what do you know shut up and she's just sort of hanging around in the shadows and what if she's the one who proves herself and like shows these like skill or i think i would have really loved to for have like her be the hero Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah so i think and and then we could have had way more richness with all the characters and like their relationships with each other 
right? And if there was yeah. any tension there, because she like apparently grew up in this space, like that must be fascinating. What was that like? And what dynamics did that create? And um, the character desire, right? That's like a very basic thing I missed out on. It's like, yes, you do want to save the civilization and so on, but like, what do these characters want? And yeah. I think, yeah, it would have been like an interesting movie. And I just having the film all in Mandarin, I think changes it completely because you're just, mm -hmm. it feels more real automatically when you don't just have like Matt's half American, half Irish accent popping up. <sighs> like literally when, like for the brief moments where it'd be like a full minute, right? Where we're not looking at them and everyone's speaking in Chinese. I really could trick myself and be like, oh, wow, this is like a movie about China set with Chinese actors. Oh, wait, no, there's Matt's face again. <laughs> and it yeah. would just, it would break the spell. So yeah, my reimagining is let's take them out. Let's mm. make generally the hero. Uh, let's give everyone maybe some like actual <laughs> character. <laughs> well, it's what do you guys think? another wild thing we didn't mention, but like the whole workaround for Lin May is that they explain that William Defoe has been there for 25 years and that he taught her English and Latin. And so that's why she can speak English and nobody else speaks English. But it's just like. But their characters don't seem to have anything to say to each other the no. whole movie. <laughs> yeah, no, he, like, he seemed okay, to be. He taught me a language and I don't speak to that guy. And also he, the fact that he's ready to just leave her to her death. Yeah. Well, it's, <laughs> Let's escape. It's crazy. I gotta get out of here. He's positioned in one way as like he has free reign of the the whole wall like he's able to just walk around nobody's watching him or like you know he he doesn't have to like sleep in a cell or anything like that so it seems like yeah. he's serving some purpose but also he never does anything like he's really only there to like say i have i have access to black powder i know how to get out of here like i you know he's like yeah been waiting to leave this whole time and yet mm -hmm. it seems like for whatever like for whatever reason they didn't just kill him yeah uh, so it's very confusing as to like it seems like that was just we need somebody there who speaks english so there's a reason why this other character can speak english mm. and then that's how all of these things connect it was very bizarre yeah uh, cameron how would you reimagine this film i mean i love your reimagining elaine honestly like that's that's the movie i want to see if you're going to give me those elements at least mm -hmm. um if i had to do it different maybe I mean, since this story was total bullshit, I mean, why don't you just tell, like, parts of the real story and just, like, dramatiz uh, dramatize those parts, right? Like, they had to build the wall. Let's see how they built it. Like, mm -hmm. they built it to keep treacherous people out. Let's see those battles. Mm -hmm. Like, you don't have to adhere to time, and obviously you don't care about reality at all. Mm -hmm. So, like, yeah, you, you can, you, can, uh, you know flip through time the way you want to. Um, I would want to see a more historically, not necessarily accurate, but a more historically charged movie, right? Yeah. If you're going to just like show off this beautiful architecture and costumes and uh, the parts of the wall that we do get to see and the parts of the Capitol that we do get to see, like, sure. Like this movie has a sequence, this movie climaxes in a gorgeous stained glass tower, right? Mm -hmm. For no reason, <laughs> for for zero reason, 
Like, if you're going to spend screen time doing that, do it, but give me a historical context. Or do it and give me, like, characters with motive and emotion yeah. and, like, stories. They see... You you talk about how these people have been here for years, even the people, the white people who have been kept here. You you got you're telling people that they've basically grown up on this thing like it's a boat, like it's a like it's a cruise ship, like they spent their entire lives on this island that is the Great Wall. Tell us that story, mm. but yeah, yeah, and, and just don't don't tell me about the white people that came there. <laughs> don't tell me. I don't want to hear about it. I love that. Yeah. yeah. I would say, I mean, again, you got, you got Shaggy Mo, you got a, an incredible director with like an eye for visuals and like doing, you know, just very intricate and like wonderful action sequences, like make it more dumb, right? Just if you're going to have monsters attacking the Great <laughs> Wall, like, you know, it's too, it's too serious of a movie for it to be what it's about, right? Like just embrace the, the wild craziness of what's happening, take out the white savers entirely you don't need any white characters in this movie if you want to do it kind of similar to what you were talking about elaine but maybe with a, a bit more of a twist like keep the same energy of those characters like just have it be either you know game of thrones ripoff where like you know prisoners or criminals or people get sent to the great wall to defend what is it like what's attacking the great wall like nobody knows what it is and it's kind of like people get sent to the great wall as like a punishment and then they find out that, oh, we're here to protect, you know, the rest of mainland China from monsters who are attacking or, you know, have it be like, you know, the Great Wall is like this prestigious or like mysterious military assignment that you get as you kind of like move up yeah. through the ranks. And it's like, mm. well, what is it like? What happens when you get to the Great Wall? And like all of a sudden, you know, Lin May gets sent over there and it's like, oh, shit, there's monsters here. <laughs> like That's not what, you know, like the, the, the emperor is telling us that, oh, like the, the wall was built, you know, just for mm. our for general protection. But like now that I'm here, like I know right. the secret that it's like, oh, my God, you know, monsters and whatnot, like give us give us crazier action yeah. sequences, but something that's slightly less like. In, like I under, again, I understand Just the visual bodies piling on bodies. Yeah, like I understand the visual concept of people like bungee jumping off the Great Wall, <laughs> but like it practically as a you know tactic, it seems to be lacking. Again, specifically yeah. when you have dynamite and like scissor blades, blades, right? You know what I mean, like there's strategist Wong was not doing the numbers. He wasn't <laughs> yeah. like worried about the numbers. They're killing off their like, female how many population. <laughs> Yeah. How many bloody rings do we guess. come back with after every battle? It's like, I'm just, what, five, six, 12, yeah. whatever, whatever. We can do it again. Yeah. So, yeah, there's definitely ways to do this where, you know, you, you just embrace the insanity mm -hmm. of the concept. It's monsters attacking the Great Wall. Go crazy. Have fun. You know, make it silly and over the top. But, like, none of the white people in this movie are necessary. None of the, what, I don't know if you're expecting there to be a lesson or like a you know i mean people have made the point that it feels very much so when you're watching the movie like a yeah no see this is a great partnership between mm -hmm. east and west yeah. like look how well we work together wink wink maybe watch more chinese movies mm -hmm. you know if we put matt damon's or you know other people like in here uh, but luckily, that was a great big rejection from <laughs> from most people, uh, not Jonathan people, Kim, I guess. Yeah. But yeah, um, 
Yeah. Yeah. But no, it, I, I it think... wasn't subtle at all. That message, no. like, yeah, the uh, the flying together. Ah, I cringe. Yeah. I cringe. Oh, yeah. The message was literally like shoved down our throat at that point because we already kind of got it when they had that when they bungee jumped together and they had that Titanic yeah. mm-hmm. moment where they were like, she was like holding behind, <laughs> you know, and they were on the ledge and I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah. But then at the end I was like, okay, enough. This is really, this guys? is just yeah. like propaganda. Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> I mean, the only saving grace of this movie is that there was not an actual tangible love story between the two. Oh, or like the I wanted to talk kid. about God. this. Cause I, I think if this was a totally American production, I think there would have been. I think oh, yeah. they would have kissed. 1000%. Yeah, they would have kissed at the end or whatever. He, you know, he I think he actually would have like stayed or taken her home. Like something like that, mm-hmm. right? Like one yeah. or he would have stayed. Or she. But I feel that they decided Chinese audiences wouldn't like that. I I think mm-hmm. that's why mm-hmm. it wasn't included. I think an American well, production yeah. totally would have. But no, I think yeah, for sure. They were like, "Oh wait, well, well, while we might tolerate Matt Damon, we don't want we don't want that. Like, we, yeah. <laughs> well, that also tends to be a trope in these white savior films too. Is that there's a love story yeah. like shoehorned in, yeah. like not necessarily there on you know arrival, but one sort of materializes mm-hmm. through the series right. of events, and you're like, what? There are bigger things to deal with. Because <laughs> no. the white savior is is the greatest person to ever live in so many yes. of these films. So it's just like, how could you resist, you know, this whoever this person is and like the, the energy charm, he's bringing, the yeah. sheer this, sex appeal, this literally like frumpy man who shows up with dreadlocks. Like, yeah, how could you? How could you resist that when right next but then to he you got is cleaned like up. an actual? No, he took a shower. Up. He shaved. You know, like. That He's whole like oh the reveal scene of that when they showed up at the at the mess hall like hey guys and always how come when it back for you whenever someone's wounded and being dressed like their wound is being dressed by a woman they always need to be shirtless I was like why is Matt yeah. Damon like I, I that scene I was like I've seen that scene a million times like every war movie or whatever it's just like yeah I felt like they were they were definitely building up the romance. But then it cut out and like the most egregious Mm -hmm. cinematic moment of this is, of course, Jet Li and Aaliyah in Romeo Must Die, Mm -hmm. where like they were both owed that kiss and they wanted to kiss. But then I'm sure you guys already know, right, that like it tested so poorly with audiences, Mm -hmm. they reshot it, (laughs) which is just like, wow, racism, guys, like, great, but... (laughs) Sells tickets, baby. <laughs> but it was, yeah, like it was that same feeling of like I, I just got this feeling that it was written for them to end up together, and I think they probably screen tested it or something with Chinese audiences, and they were like, never mind. They yeah, will, Oops. they will wistfully Oops. gaze. That is all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's get this movie on our Caucasian ranking scale. We've got three levels for you, Elaine, to choose from. Um, our first level is shorts in the winter, which, you know, I know living in New York now, you've probably witnessed this multiple times. It's just white people out in the world, shorts, it's it's 20 degrees, it's snowing, there's ice on the ground. You know degrees, I mean? Chad. Yeah. And you were like, in Birkenstocks. And yes, Birken, you know. Birkenstocks and an NYU sweater. <laughs> NYU sweater, beanie cap, you know what I mean? Like, there's, there's definitely like... 
some parts Points of your body that dreads. are cold. Right. <laughs> Points if they have dreads. But you know, you're clearly living your life in shorts, which is a choice. And <laughs> which you know is a choice. <laughs> it's not violence, right? Like it's not hurting us. It's not something that we're like, wow, mm. I can't believe you would do that. But also, why are you doing that? Like it's a curiosity. <laughs> it is it is something that we're still trying to figure out. Um, Cameron, what's the second level? Second level of caucasity is this movie is touching my hair. Now, this is an act of violence. Mm. This is, I'm making a choice. I am invading your space. I am colonizing your scalp. Mm. You know, they, they, they got, they say they have questions, but really they just want to attack. And that's what happens when, you know, somebody asks to touch somebody's hair at work or on the subway or wherever. They already know what they want to do. They want to, Colonize your scalp, right. in a way. Yes. Yeah. And uh, that's the second level. Mm. We got oh. a third level yeah. this week. Oh, boy. Well, and, and just real quick, other other versions of the second level uh, are either, you know, you speak so well, or yes. where yeah. are you really from? Mm. Uh, Ooh, which that's is a, just that's another, a spicy one. Yeah, it's just kind of like, you know, you know what you're doing with those. Oh, yeah. And, you know, that's the name mm, of my second the worst? book. <laughs> Where are you really? <laughs> Where are you really from? Though? Really. Um, the the <laughs> third level uh, comes to us from one Josh Mandel, who is running for Congress in Ohio, and over the weekend had a lot of things to say, specifically uh, in regards to Martin Luther King Jr. and his daughter Bernice King, and so it starts with him doing this. Horrible, horrible, horrible campaign ad, which a campaign ad in which he photoshopped his face onto another soldier to make him look like he was standing with some black soldiers. What the also, fuck? He forgot to photoshop his hands, <laughs> so his hands are black and his face is Wait, white. He in photoshopped the himself ad. onto a black person. That's violent. I will that is so... got it. I will send this to you oh uh, to watch. This Good is uh, some spicy content here. So it's the cartoon before the movie. Yeah, the whole the whole idea of this is that you know he's talking about how yeah you know I went to Selma and it was so powerful <laughs> and like you know the campaign ad is basically like critical race theory is awful and like I it love starts God. with critical race theory is awful <laughs> and that's you know, where we start like, off. Mar- yeah, Martin Luther King Jr. like, you know, didn't die for this country to yada yada yada. And right. He, and so to Bernice, teach itself its own proper history. Yeah, Bernice Kibbs comes back and says, uh, you know, cause because in the tweet he thanks Bernice King and he also thanks the King like center. Uh and so she, she comes back and she's like, Well, you know, uh I don't think me, my father, or our foundation motivates you in any way to film this ad. Uh, clearly, you don't understand what nonviolence Ooh. is or how that works. And then he comes back what? with, your father knew the importance of the Second Amendment when he tried to exercise his right to self-defense and was wrongly denied a gun permit by anti-gun racists. Firearms don't equal violence. Study your history better. Daughter of Martin Luther King Jr. <laughs> You're kidding. He chose <laughs> violence over and over and over. How dare he? How dare he speak to her? How dare he mention her to begin with or her father? But the <laughs> fact that he like was schooled properly as he should have been and then was like, wait a second, I'm no. not done. <laughs> 
I'm not, I'm not done. done. I'm not I done. I have a death wish. Bernice King. Yeah. Bernice so-called king. You know, also... This is outrageous. Yeah, same guy who, uh, again, photoshopped his face onto a black oh, soldier. I... And then forgot to do it all the way. <laughs> yep. This He's is, running this for is Congress. Why people is so it's fascinating about them is that, like, they are constantly surprising us in just how racist they can be. Like, they, I feel like it's hard right. for me to, for us to invent it fully, but they just constantly show us, oh, wait, you thought it couldn't be worse. I got something up my sleeve. Here we <laughs> and go. Oh, wait. Right, because I'm like writing yeah. my stories and everything, and I'm thinking of like racist shit, or and it's always real life is always worse than what I can make up. It's always like, no, the thing that happened to me is actually worse Every because time. I can't be as creative, creatively racist as them. I don't know how to think at that yeah. level because I'm not like devoid of humanity. I don't know. Yes. Damn. Well, completely says it right there. (laughs) Of our three levels. That is Peacock Cassidy. You guys chose the perfect example. Oh my God. Um, You know, we're always looking out for it. Uh, Why was that worth it? (laughs) Where do you think that the Great Wall lands on that scale? I'm going to say level one shorts because, yes, it was problematic and and he's fucking annoying and it's like, you know, I think we all <laughs> rolled our eyes a lot, but I do think compared yeah. to so much of what is out there where it's it the the dehumanization or the racist jokes are um it's it's so intense, you know what I mean? I feel I feel like this was this was like liberals trying to be liberal and patting themselves on the back and then not realizing they actually looked ridiculous and <laughs> We're like pushing mm-hmm. this colorblind bullshit, you know, yeah, white saber stuff. So it's sound like the liberal agenda to me. Sound yep. like they're just what, what, yeah. what they've been up to. Yeah. Another Tuesday for them. <laughs> Par for the course. So yeah. I yeah. yes, like an uh, annoying absolutely, but I can think of I can think of far worse. So I'm like to sure. to do to respectfully honor the damage that, you know. The true damage, yeah, that I think can can be done. I I'm I will not give this film even the credit of like that you hurt us <laughs> in the significant. You know, it's just like you you were fucking yeah. annoying and yeah. you made bad choices and you're also just really unenjoyable to watch. But yeah, shorts shorts in winter, yeah. I'll say. But what do you guys think? <laughs> uh, Cam. Um, I think I might have to go with short point five, maybe. Mm. We've done short point five before. Um, yeah. It, I, while it is like not it's not interesting enough to be bad and also <laughs> like the way it the way this movie is wrong is like so inoffensive, it misses the point. It misses its own point that it's actually trying to, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, it doesn't really succeed in bringing East and West together the way that it thinks it <laughs> no. is. Yeah. So that's, it's kind of like disappointing. It's like a, it's like a dumb racist. It's like a racist who was like, yeah, well, guess what? Your mother's black. And he's like, yeah, well, yeah, yes, she is. <laughs> Great job. 
dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so that's why I kind of like, but yeah, I, I have to, I have to sit there at choice, choice point five because mm. it's not, it's not insidious, right? Yeah. It's not evil. It's not actually active in its racism. It's like benign racism. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. its intention was to do it. It just didn't work out. So <laughs> I, I think it's like, yeah, it's, it's like a, yeah, it's like a it's like a moot point almost. Like the movie is boring within its own first thirty minutes, and we're fighting monsters, and we're yeah. bored. Like, mm, dog, yeah, you, you didn't even you didn't even know what you wanted to do in the first place. So, no. I have to. Yeah, I don't bestow full honor onto this either. Mm. Uh, but definitely one point five shorts point five. Yeah, I'm I am torn uh, because Ooh. this happens often where like the movie who cares right like the movie is bad yeah. it's like <laughs> there's nothing to it people didn't even really watch it you know what i mean that's like right. that's it it bombed so badly because it really didn't attract any real audiences here or in china you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. it is a curiosity and that i think people did probably like oh matt like matt damon's in the movie you know what i mean like okay let's check it out i'm a matt damon mm-hmm. fan but I don't think it necessarily it, – it clearly did not have the impact that any of the investors in it hoped it would. Mm-hmm. Uh, but at the same time, there is one, like, the repetition, you know, again, to think about that time, 2015, 16, 17, Aloha, Ghost in the Shell, Doctor Strange – this mm-hmm. iron fist you know what i mean like just all of that mm-hmm. ramping up the fact that this is once again edward zwick and his boy <laughs> running it's, it back you know they did last samurai and they couldn't help <laughs> themselves uh had to jump back it's on this boys man it's your boy yeah <laughs> you know matt damon's like just very weird continued like trying to distance himself from the movie after the fact, but also yeah. not copying to the fact that he made a white savior film. Yeah. Like a lot He's of these, still very defensive. Yeah, yeah. A lot of these things, I'm just like, you know, the movie, not so bad, but like everything surrounding the movie, like bad. You know what I mean? Don't enjoy that. Like sort of it's cultural imprint in a way. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. Like I, I, like I'm just like, I'm, I don't know if I can get to touching my hair. But like, mm. can I do a shorts point nine? Can I do like just we're on the <laughs> cusp, you know? What I mean, we're right there. I hear you. I hear uh, we're we're really getting yeah. very close to something that could have been bad. Because again, there's certain things I think, like you were saying, like maybe by it being a Chinese co-production, it got saved some of the worst elements. You know what I mean? Like I think that may have been the thing that blocked them from going all the way in certain points. Mm. Um, and so, you know, if there is any saving grace in this film, it is that that like it could have been way worse, you know. Yeah. Like, they definitely yeah. showed I don't know if it was restraint, but like <laughs> were they 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 didn't go follow down, you know, the, the rabbit hole as far as they could have gone. So I, yeah, I can't call it, you know, like a violence, but it definitely is not something that needed to be made and i am very very curious as to why it it got made in the first place um, <laughs> yeah well, as we get out of here let's give people some recommendations for things to watch read listen to etc instead of the great wall 
uh elaine do you have anything that you would tell people to to check out it could be related if you can think of something but it, it could also just be something that you enjoy uh and you think people would would enjoy much more than this movie mm. okay so it doesn't it doesn't have to be related wait no yes okay it doesn't have to be uh 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 wait no do you can you guys go first <laughs> okay uh i can go, can go first yeah i mean an easy one would be uh disorientation oh, <laughs> by no shay chow uh definitely go get that book and read it and uh you know support uh if i had to give something else i would say another book that i really enjoy that is about asian representation in hollywood um, but not in the typical way would be Interior Chinatown by Charles Yu, which is mm. one of my favorite books uh, of the last couple of years. And it's it's a really interesting look. It's written in the form of a screenplay. So you're reading it and like so much of it is broken down in that way. Uh, so like the form is interesting, but also just like the investigation of like what it means to be Asian specifically in the lens of hollywood but like through the white gaze as well you know because so much of it is like you know the main character kind of reflecting himself he wants to be you know kung fu man you know right like that's kind of like the the highest thing you can aspire to um mm -hmm. in a lot of ways it's like yes I'm, I'm i am kung fu man whether that's jackie chan or bruce lee or jet lee um you know it's kind of like that's the ceiling they've set for us you know in so many of these instances like i can't be Matt Damon or Ben Affleck or, you know, even like, you know, like one of these handsome leading men who just get to act, you know, I have to have all this extra stuff on top of it and kind of the weight and the pressure of that. Um, and, you know, it's just it's funny. Uh, it is, you know, really original and interesting. So I would recommend those two books. Get get Disorientation by Elaine uh, and get Interior Chinatown by Charles Yu. Cameron, what about you? Um, there's so much awesome Chinese cinema. Yeah, <laughs> they they kind of almost killing us for real, for real. Um, so maybe uh, I'll suggest. I mean, we can we can recommend everything everywhere all at once every week, uh, <laughs> every week for forever. Uh, I'm down for it. I yeah, that like I could talk about that forever. Oh, um. Uh, and I've been so emotional watching the interviews. Have you guys watched some of the interviews I with like Mich we Michelle Yeoh? Yeah. And I just was like immediately sobbing. Um, God, yeah, I just feel I'm just so happy for her. And also. Uh, Hui Kwan. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah. Well, now I feel like, yeah, if I go on, I'll start. We'll be here for another hour. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's true because I, I think I saw it. And we've recorded two episodes since then. And yeah. every episode, you're going to get three episodes, guys, of me just <laughs> so sorry, just gushing about mm, that movie. Don't be I sorry. What an experience it was. Um, but what I've come to uh, suggest today, I think I'll stick with uh, Dragon Inn, uh, mm. the King Who film from 1967. Uh, it's one I own. That's why I was like, I was searching for it. I was like, oh, what's that movie that <laughs> I put on every now and then? It's uh, literally about, um, well, the 1400s in China and uh, the children of a general, the general has been executed and the children are kind of looking for revenge with, uh, and there's swords 
it's martial arts. There's kind of early wuxia stuff going on in it. It's a very exciting movie. It's one of those epic movies a little bit, so you got to stick with it a minute. But it is, it's it's kind of like an awesome time. And uh, epic in the same way that The Great Wall is, mm. but telling a different story and a much more grounded story. Mm-hmm. And there's some cool stuff to see, too. So okay. I would say go for Dragon Inn. It's on the Criterion channel as well. Oh, well then I'm, I'm going to oh, add that nice. to Nice. I want to check that out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, oh. I I figured out what I want to recommend. Yeah. Um, it's a Taiwanese film called A Brighter Summer Day from yeah. 1991 by Edward Yang, who's such an incredible director. And I saw this movie in the theaters and it was it's four hours long. Hmm. Have you guys yeah. seen it? I have not seen it. I, I want to see it. It's an experience. And it's uh, I. it was one of those films where I was like, I am changed within. Mm, <laughs> I have yes. never seen anything like this. And it was even more like emotional because my it's set in the 60s in Taiwan. Um, and it was this weird period where I think Japanese occupation had ended but there were these gangs of teens that ruled Taipei because things were a little lawless for for a while after the Japanese left and um yeah you had this intense violence this this and it, so it's around it's not like a spoiler or anything but it's around this a murder that happens on the street and I talked to my dad after watching the film and I was like dad do you remember this murder like this is set around when you were a teen in Taiwan. He's like, oh yeah, that street is like a few, <laughs> was like a few streets down from where I lived. And I was like, no. Yeah. And I was like, dad, no. you didn't tell me, did you grow up around, like were kids in gangs? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, and you never mentioned this like fascinating <laughs> fact like about your life? Like I That's just- parents. Uh, it was- That it is was parents. Like, right, yeah. And it was, it was amazing to feel like I could understand my dad's upbringing by watching this movie in a way where he like if I try to get it out of him I'll you know he'll be like I don't know yeah there were gangs so what like <laughs> like I'm not you know getting the whole story and I can't picture it in this film um does it so well and it really immerses you in this time and it's it's like I feel it's it's a film that might not seem like it has a lot of action but you cannot it's riveting i don't know how to describe mm-hmm. it it is like mm-hmm. so riveting and it's also gorgeous it's sort of like every shot could be like a painting and you just want to stare at it and Love yeah it. i think Love it's it. a masterpiece brighter summer day okay i definitely have to look that it's one on up too yeah. <laughs> well Yay. elaine thank you so much for joining us this has been wonderful uh yes so happy to have you on to talk um Tell everybody everything they need to know. I mean, obviously, you know, book just came out. Um, I'm sure you've got mm-hmm. tour stuff coming up and, you know, other mm. things that are that are in the work. So let everybody know where they can find you online, where they can get the book and what else to look out for. Oh, sure. I th- thank you again for having me. This was so fun. I felt like I could really just relax and talk amongst friends and like just yeah. be myself. So this was really nice. And I think much needed for me. Yeah, for <laughs> um, Happy we could do it. <laughs> so yeah, I have, I'm on the Twitter. My Twitter is just my name at Elaine Shea Chow. Um, and the book is available, you know, pretty much anywhere, but I, I do really love this bookstore in New York called You and Me Books. And it's spelled Y-U after the owner, Lucy Yu, who's the 
first Asian-American woman bookstore owner ever in New York. And it's like such a magical, special place, you know, because it is in Chinatown and it's, um, I think that in itself is really special too, because it is being so gentrified and they're mm. just literally trying to like kick out all the Chinese residents. Like it is really special to have this space that's like for us, by us. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, if people want to support Lucy and, and her incredible store, she has a website, uh, You and Me Books. And otherwise, yeah, I'll be doing some events here and there. It's all on on my website, but yeah, thank you guys. <laughs> thank you. Yeah, definitely. Um, Cam, where can people find you? What do you guys going on? Um, I got a uh, pockets full of nothing right now, but <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna fight, and we're gonna we're gonna make it, as Jadakiss yes. said once. Um, you can find me on Instagram. You can find me on Twitter at the Blipster eleven thirty eight. And you can find my sketch comedy group, uh, Two Karen with Love at Two Karen with Love, and on YouTube under the same. Yep. Uh, and I'm Jordan Clark. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram at jrsosa18, jrsosa18. Um, as always, gonna keep promoting it. Part of that DC Milestone uh, Comics Fellowship Program. So we're making comics as we speak right now uh hopefully got stuff coming out pretty soon uh also got the red sonia samurai sonia stuff coming out from dynamite comics uh also probably hopefully have some more projects coming out soon so uh knocking on all the things uh for that but if you want to reach out to us get in touch with us you can reach us at white underscore pod on twitter you can also write to us at white people won't save you pod at gmail.com uh we're trying to get like you elaine you're trying to get that hate mail coming in uh i don't think white people know <laughs> the show exists yet uh so i think that's it i think just white people don't know this is a thing yet and so like once that becomes known mm. then it's just like here we go here's what we've been waiting for that's when we know uh, that's when, we know that's when you know you've made yeah. it right yeah. yeah but uh yeah if you want to i will us- help spread the word i will happily <laughs> bring right. their attention well yeah if you want to send us nice things you can also do that uh you can let us know we like nice things too or money we love money there you go you let us know right we want tangible change guys that's right put your money where your mouth is yeah Uh, that's right donations donations uh (laughs) so yeah if you want to reach out to us and suggest movies for us to watch or you want to uh let us know if you've seen any caucasity in the world or anything else uh you can hit us up there Hopefully live shows coming soon. Hopefully Patreon coming soon. Hopefully t-shirts, merchandise, et cetera, coming mm. soon. Working on all that stuff. Uh, so hopefully in the summer sometime we'll have that up and running for y'all. But that's going to do it for us this week. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next week for more Caucasity. Peace. Peace. Thank you. Bye. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved. You can't save us. We don't want to be saved.